Can you say stone horses with the Dundalk accent? Stone horses? Stone horses. Stone horses? God, do it like that. Yeah, I play in the stone horses. Yeah, man, I play drums over there in stone horses with you guys from fucking Dundalk. Dundalk? Dundalk. <laughs> you guys say Dundalk. Dundalk. From Dundalk. You guys over there on fucking O'Donnell Street. O'Donnell Heights. Street. Yeah, they play out there in Dundalk. Do you remember playing? Oh, you're probably too young for that. The, the zoo in Dundalk? No, I've never played the zoo. The black hole? No. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was painted black. The whole outside was just black. Okay. That's one of the better reasons you could call it the black hole, I guess. Well, it was called the zoo, Z-U. Okay. Before, before that, it was called uh, JD Saloon. It was like a biker bar. And then they started having bands, and they started turning into the zoo. And they put all these stuffed animals everywhere. Like, How long ago was this? Jesus Christ. They put some frozen squirrels up there? 96, 97. Wow. Yeah, I'm old as fuck, by the way. <laughs> I've been around. He's got other like, good, like where he actually sings, sings. No, this is good. Yeah. I mean, this is good. If you listen to him on like uh, Charm City Devil stuff when we did the first record, are you taking your penis out? Yeah, this is actually going to be for our OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get some sponsors with that thing. <laughs> yeah, fucking dick pill sponsors. <laughs> Penis enlargement sponsors. <laughs> I'm just a permanent before picture. <laughs> for penis enlargement ads. <laughs> Has this ever happened to you? Oh, no! Jimmy Bolger. Hey, that would be a good name for a porn star. If I was a porn star, Jimmy Bolger. Yeah. I'm Tukey Tanglewood. Tukey Tanglewood? It's I supposed like to be your dog in the like, street you grew up on. My dog? Well, your first dog in the street you grew up on. I'm doing this podcast barefoot, by the way, sorry. Okay. And you, bare- you almost were barefoot. I'm you doing that no fucking shirt. It's, it, would be, it would be more of a thing if you guys decided to do it. It would be like, way more of a thing, but for me, it's just like whatever. Yeah, we would have uh, just saw your sandals accidentally fell off. <laughs> if, we, if we take my shoes off, the fucking podcast will be ruined. I can go barefoot by accident. You guys have to put in conscious effort. No, my feet are terrible. That's why I don't wear shoes anymore. You see your toes. Hairy toes, dude. Yeah, but they're not like, you know, they don't have any fungus and they're manicured. It looks like you take care of them. No, I don't take care of them at all. And you're the only person ever in my life that's ever described my feet as uh, looking <laughs> like they're taken care of. They look like they're taken care of compared to my feet, bro. My feet. Uh, how, how much toe hair you got going on in your department? Let me, let me see them. No, I don't have. I don't have an ape hand like you do. That's an ape. Ape toes. Yeah, I, I, I do have a. I do have like one yellow one, and it's really fucking. You just, have a yellow toe. It's fucking ugly as fuck. Oh, matches so you your shirt. Hair. <laughs> yeah, my toes are blonde. <laughs> no, dude, I wasn't expecting. Uh, didn't I didn't sign up for it? But like, my toes are like abnormally hairy. Like they have like a comb overs. So, like my my big toe has like a legitimate. Yeah, they have the Homer Simpson. They do. It's, it's honestly insane. It looks like my toes are balding from like they used to have a great hairline. Like, my toes look like they used to have great hair. You could always like wax them or shave them. Or no, something. You know, I I've shaven. I've shaven. I've shaved my toes in the past. And it just feels wrong. I, I, I used to trim my chest too, and it just feels wrong. I do. It doesn't. Do you trim your chest? Yeah. Because can I get, get, can I scope it out? 
for real? the camera. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're open. I said well, we got to make content for our own. I got a belly though. I don't have to stand up. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Asking a man to take his. Mm-hmm. I would. I would say that's. Clean shave. You got a nice torso, dude. <laughs> he has a nice torso. Yeah. I mean, very... come on, man. You're still killing it. I know. I'm fucking. Do you work out? I just started again. Nice. I joined that gym this is the Joe Rogan podcast. We're going to start talking <laughs> yeah. about. I joined. Uh, what's it called? It starts with um, Anytime Fitness. Anytime. Get up on the mic when you talk. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. When you're talking uh, to me, yeah. you get up on the mic when you're talking to me. <laughs> yeah, you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. <laughs> it's Anytime Fitness, and you got like a key. Oh, look at which one? Because I there's one in Towson, and I I'm amazed at that business model. And you can get in any time. Yeah, just go boop. As is the open. name. Yep. Wow. What time do you usually go? Probably like noon one. Noon. Yeah. So you don't need any time. Like that's that's a time of day that you could go to sometimes well, fitness and gyms still be good. Yeah, but, a, you can go. I can go like I I can go like three o'clock in the morning if I wanted to. Yeah, true. But you don't. Oh. Anytime Fitness, sponsor the podcast. <laughs> Anytime, baby. Uh, speaking of podcasts, this is one live from the studio. I'm Jimmy Seleski. I'm Eric Glazer. And we're chilling here with my man in a Colt 45 shirt, who hey, I was advised prior to the cast. That is the shirt from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Jeff Spicoli's wearing. Well, it's not really the shirt. It's like a replica. Oh, it's not signed it's by a, Jeff Spicoli? It's a replica. Oh, okay. It's, a re- it's not really the shirt. I was no. going to say, there's no bullet holes in or anything. Um, yeah. It's actually the wrong color yellow. It's like his is more of a um, like a darker green yellow. Okay. Mm. Okay. I'll have to rewatch the movie and catch up on it that. It angered me because I was like, Did, oh, yeah, it's the shirt. It's the shirt. They showed it in like a, in an ad <laughs> and I got it and it was like fucking bright yellow. And it's close like, enough. You got me. Goddamn banana. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. We are here with shirt wearing extraordinaire, Mr. Jason Heiser. A, 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 I'm going to describe you as a, obviously, I'm going to have to use the word legend. And not no. just because we're on the mic. <laughs> Look, legends come in ma- very many forms, dude. And you got to you gotta kind of zoom out and be like, what what makes a legend? As far as Fell's Point goes, you are one of the guys. <laughs> Absolutely one of the I'm guys. I'm a Fell's Point legend. I fucking made it. Hey, you know what? That's <laughs> a mean, lot. You're up there with Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. I assume. And yeah. Edgar Allan Lauer. And, yeah, Edward <laughs> Joseph. Edward Joseph. <laughs> Edward EJ, Joseph Lauer. EJ Lauer. <laughs> Um, no, dude, you absolutely are, man. I, I how so you 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 are a drummer. You yes. play in multiple different bands. How long have you been uh, on the scene? Uh, oh, Jesus, like playing playing out. Probably like ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I and little, I was a little baby boy then. And where are you from originally? Harford County. Originally from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Really, Kenosha. Kenosha, don't you know? Yeah. Wow, you guys were in the headline news lately with uh, uh, Kenosha. What happened? Rittenhouse. I don't know, you know. I Wasn't know. Rittenha- Kyle Rittenhouse the guy who crossed state lines with a gun? Is that what happened? Oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that I can't. Was, that was like during COVID when everything was burning. Yeah. It's more recent. Kenosha was on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel any like ties to Kenosha? Oh, yeah, definitely. How, uh, how old were you when you moved here? 10, maybe 9. 10? Yeah. 9. And so, I mean, but then... Did you, you know, bring an AR-15 with you? Did you cross state lines? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think AR-15s were around back then. Really? When did those drop? When did they drop ar 15 I don't even know. Do you? I don't know. I mean, they had the M-16 back then, for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's a staple. Back then. You gotta have God your M-16. damn, it sucks being old. That's a given. Everybody's got an M-16. We're talking, yeah. we're talking the real boys here. So, you came here when you were nine or 10. Do you go back and visit ever? Or so, no? so, the parents got divorced and all that shit, mm-hmm. like when I was like 13. And uh, I would go back and forth from Wisconsin to Maryland. And like, I 
lived with my grandparents for like uh, seventh grade, and that was traumatic. Where'd you go to high school? Chapatown. Oh, yes. See, here's <laughs> the funny thing. Jason and I, for context, we played, uh, for a while we were doing every Wednesday. Yeah, that was awesome. And then we went to every other Wednesday at the horse you came in on, as they call Whiskey Wednesday. And Wednesdays. then he quit on me. And we've talked, we've had this exact conversation myriads of times. But yeah, but as it was I, Whiskey Wednesday. As I, it was Whiskey Wednesday. So I'm just learning this all for the first time. Yeah. Again, the first time, yeah. the 80th time. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I did, I did technically, uh, I wouldn't say quit on you is the word. I, I miss you. Um, but I, I did drop in on you the other night. It was nice. And, uh, I was playing at Ampersey and I went down to Cooper's to grab, uh, a turkey wrap because, you know, Cooper's Ooh. is known for their turkey wrap. I, I like the, their hamburgers. They're known for their burgers. Yeah. They're known for their burgers, uh, but I got a turkey wrap because you know I'm trying to I'm trying to slim down a little bit, dude. I'm trying to have that kind of torso. You're looking fantastic. Well, this is so. called not eating. Well, that's the <laughs> best diet. Yeah, but you get so like wrapped up in your life, and you're like, man, I should eat now. Yeah, but that's a good way to be. I I, I prefer honestly, I genuinely prefer feeling hungry than feeling full. And if you could, I hate feeling full. Like feeling full, it's like you're the lethargic. The, the problem is I, I might have an eating disorder. I've never like paid attention to it, but I definitely binge eat. Like I don't know how to stop eating. Um, like I, I, whenever I have an opportunity, I will eat to the point where I'm in pain. <laughs> that's that's true. It's very true. I, I mean, I shouldn't laugh at that because that's kind of sad, buddy. That's not sad. I'm feeling great, baby. That's <laughs> I don't let it get to that point. I don't. I don't let it get to me. We, we might have to have an intervention. No, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. It, it, with this, too. I think it all. Well, well, that's. Well, I, with I always get my fill with yeah. that. I, I think it comes Roast. from probably. Uh, I don't want to blame it on wrestling. Uh, oh yeah, guys that do get that they end up getting like. Oh, I got to get down to this weight, but then you fuck up all your the rest of your metabolism. The thing is, I I started wrestling when I was a freshman in high school, which I think is a, about I would say probably I wouldn't get my kids involved in wrestling probably until at least middle school. Um, but all, at the same time, they've gotten really strict about like how much you're allowed to cut weight and stuff like that. But back in the day, I'm imagining like back when you were in high school, like there were no rules on how much weight you're allowed to lose and stuff. Like when I when I when I was in high school, this would have been the late 2000s. I graduated in 2010. They had what's called a hydration test. And what you have to do is before every season, you would have to uh, basically hydrate yourself to the point where you could piss in a cup and they would test the water levels in your urine. Hmm. And then once you passed a hydration level, they would take your weight and your body fat percentage and your height and then based off that formula, they could determine what the minimum safe weight that you would be allowed to go down to. Because what a lot of guys do is the easiest way to get down to a weight is to lose your water weight. You can, you'd be amazed how much weight, how much less weight you can be on a scale by simply just not drinking water. Like the water weight just goes. Water weighs a lot. Like that bottle of water, like yeah. a little liter, that's two pounds right there. Huh. You know? And so what a lot of guys do is, is you know, when you're cutting weight, you, you put on the trash bag, you sweat it out, blah, 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 blah. You get on the scale. Just you come can, to the podcast. You, you come here. <laughs> I think that's probably, that's probably from wrestling. I'm like, this feels great. <laughs> this feels. <laughs> 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 
But no, it's it, not that bad. and even then, I mean, guys, the private school guys, the Loyola guys, they they come in with a little uh, dropper of uh, like a water eyedropper of water, and they piss in the cup and they put water into their piss, so it oh, make wow. them look like they had more hydration. Because basically, all they're trying to do is to determine like this is how much you weigh when you're hydrated, and this is what your body fat percentage is. So if you were down to seven percent body fat, which is the minimum we're going to say you can get then this is the minimum weight. So what they would do is dehydrate the shit out of themselves so they could be down like 15 pounds and then piss in the cup and put water in it, mix it in. And so when they would test the piss, they'd be like, yeah, you weigh this much hydrated. But in reality, they're dehydrated as shit. And the private schools did that all the fucking time. That sounds freaking crazy. Yeah, nuts. And it, it, I mean, but it's, it's the culture. It, 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 it's definitely, I, I don't even know what they do now. But but that stuff can absolutely stunt your growth. It also put, but I think I got into it late enough in the game when it didn't have an effect. But I think if you're, if you're cutting weight when you're a six-year-old, there's no way that's good for you. No. There's no reason you should be cutting weight as a six-year-old. But it's just. Who's, it, wait, why is it, who's doing that? Are there six-year-olds like I guess if you're, if you're a kid who's like, yeah, they have rec league wrestling and stuff. Yeah. I feel like your muscles aren't even developed at that point. I, I don't imagine that they... I feel like there'd be a lot of snapped twigs of arms. The, 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 <laughs> the, the problem is, is that when you get to any level of competitiveness at any age, everybody's looking for the upper hand. I mean, when, when I was playing rec league football... I even as an adult, I don't understand this. I never understood as a kid, and I especially don't understand as an adult. But they, a lot of the like rec leagues, like Reisterstown and stuff like that, they would they would lie about the ages of their kids mm. to put them on the teams so they could win more. And you're just thinking like, why why are you going through this effort for rec football? Like you're you're f- fraudulating the system to get like an advantage in rec football. And so that's that's cheating, obviously. You know, you're you're on a team, ten year olds, and their their star players thirteen, and you're like, what is the point of this? You know, you just you don't get it. Yeah. I don't know. But when you get to that level of competition in wrestling, you they absolutely I think cut weight, especially when you get to like world level tournaments and shit like that. And it just fucks with your. Uh, I I don't I never really kind of regulated how to maintain a normal body weight. All I know how to do is gain weight and then lose it. I don't know how to stay awake. I have no idea. But but at the same time, I feel like that goes for most people. I think most people, unless they put in effort, naturally just gain weight yeah, as you get older. Got, you got to eat better. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> you just got to cut out a light. I, I don't I, eat like two bags of Doritos or anything like that. You know? Yeah, I don't eat like shit like that. I just prefer to just not eat sometimes. Yeah, It's better for me. That's all. And you do it too. And the thing is, it's not it's not like I'm starving myself. Like, That's, I'll get to the end of the day, I'll be so preoccupied doing something. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I'll be like, oh, shit, I haven't eaten today. It doesn't bug me. It's yeah, just like, like, I'm totally fine starving. Three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm like, I should probably eat breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> three o'clock in the afternoon, that's when I wake up. Like, I should have probably been up by now. <laughs> Definitely have a sleeping disorder. My sleep's been all fucked up, too. But all that aside, you got to... That's gotta, from playing out. You go out, you know, you, we, and bartending, too. You yeah. get home at four or five in the morning, and you're like, wired. Do you consider your because you you are working at Admiral's Cup as a bartender as well? Yeah, but uh, you're, and a server too, and a server. Yeah, what do you like better? Bartending, imagine, obviously bartending, yeah, more fun. But you you know you, you your main leg up in the game is being a drummer, and I, I consider that industry like I I consider all of that as part of the industry. Like I used to serve and bartend, um, and now I play at bars. All my work is still in bars. You know, yeah, you got. I mean. You could do it solo by yourself. I need. I have to accompany somebody to play drums. Well, I think I was going to get into that because there is such or a. Or do I? 
<laughs> have I come on to something? <laughs> there is such a difference between like drummers and uh, I would say, I guess, like like acoustic singer guys. Yeah. Because you guys can't just get a solo gig, no. you know? Well, I mean, it, we could, but it would suck. <laughs> yeah, <All that's> <laughs> Hey, you guys like that song? Here's another one. Remember, <laughs> when we, remember, we, would, remember we would switch up on Wednesday nights <laughs> and I would play the drums and you would do the guitar and singing? And the thing is, you were much better at guitar and singing than I was at drums. Bullshit. People you- would be amazed at how bad at drums I am. Yeah, but- <laughs> like, it's impressive how bad I am. And Mark came and he was like, don't ever do that again. Because <laughs> <laughs> Heiser sucks at singing. And Mark, of course, my biggest fan. Of course, we know this. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's like, it's like, um, you know, you, you, you have, to, it's almost like the kind, and the kind of gaze you get, you know, if you're playing in bands and stuff like that, you're, you're up late. You're playing the, the band gigs, the late night band gigs, Admiral's Cup, getting done yeah. at 3 a.m. It's just, it's taxing. Sometimes I'm amazed, like, I, I'm 30 now, I'll be 31 next month, and I'm amazed uh, when I see a lot of the guys that do it full time, how often they're playing till that time of night. Because I just, I get burned out with it so quick. I would much rather play a dinner shift six to nine. That's nice. And it's weird because of how your uh, your your priorities shift as you get older. Like I used to love doing the late night band gigs because it's fucking fun, dude. It's yeah. fucking fun. You're playing in front of packed. You're fucking jamming, blah blah blah. But it's also like, oftentimes it's less money than you would make playing, or, or pretty much all the time it's less money than you make playing solo. And I've just kind of gotten to a point now, unfortunately, where the bar stuff is definitely. It, it feels, I can feel it feeling like a job to me. Oh, yeah. Do you, you, do, you do you have that kind of relationship? Sometimes I'm like, man, I don't want to go tonight. But then when you get there and you set up and then you start playing, it's like, I'm glad I came tonight. Mm. A lot of that has to do with booze, too. Booze helps. <laughs> and and <laughs> Booze helps everything, brother. What's, what's hilarious also about uh, the band thing is that it's the only job... I think where it's an absolute given that you're drinking on the shift. Like yeah. even bartenders, not all bartenders are allowed to drink. In fact, a lot of we're not allowed to at Emerald's Cup. You're not allowed to drink while you're playing music. No, 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 no. A bartending. I was gonna say you're, my it's head. A dry, on, it's a dry bar. I you almost took my brain out of my head when I thought you meant that the band couldn't drink because that's unheard of. Which is hilarious that it's literally unheard. Like I would, I would <laughs> think that's like almost a human rights violation. Wait, that place in Frederick was. Um, you weren't allowed to have uh, any kind of booze on stage. What's called Champions in Frederick? That's weak as fuck. I know. Mm. I was like, what the, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it, kind of. Like, I understand why bartenders aren't allowed to drink because the problem is, the problem with, with people who bartend, uh, and it's not a problem, but it's a reality, which is you're generally bartenders by nature are personable people. Anybody who signs up to make that their job, like I'm going to be interacting with the public at all times. I'm in crowded venues. I'm dealing with people. I'm, I'm a so they're social people. Yeah. And so, you know, you get a couple drinks in them and they're just, Hey, here's some shots, man. You know, let's do some <laughs> shots together. And it's like, I get why bar by why bar managers don't want to let that happen. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You don't want somebody sloshed handling all the money. Yeah. But at the same time, it is kind of weird. Like when you go to a bar and they can't drink, you know, you're like, can I get a shot? No, we're not allowed. Yeah. It feels it feels like it kind of brings the whole vibe down a little bit. Yeah. You're like talking to the bartender. You have a good conversation for like one minute. You're like, yo, you want to do a shot? They're like, I can't. 
<laughs> it makes you feel like a piece of shit now because I'm like, oh, well, now I'm just the loser drinking. Apparently, you're so much better than me. <laughs> oh, Mr. Bartender can't drink. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> you know, no, it's fun. But so, so you, you, I guess when you first started playing out, where were you? Did you start out in Fells or where? Where would you say you started uh, out? I think my actual real first paying gig was seventy five dollars, and I played this old folks' home with my mom on piano, and my nice. sister was singing, playing flute. I played brushes on a snare drum. That was my first like paying gig. And how old were you there? I think I was ten or eleven. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, I started playing drums when I was like in fourth grade. So. See, I remember. For me, the reason why I say Fell's Point Legend actually means something to me because I grew up in Towson, and I always kind of looked at Fell's as. And and you'd probably agree with me on this. I feel like that is like Baltimore's mecca for live music. It, I mean, it's the only place you can see live music every night. Yeah. Like, I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every night there's somebody playing. Mm-hmm. I don't know anywhere else that does that. Yeah, it's definitely the culture. And other other places have kind of drifted in that direction. Like, uh, you know, Towson is kind of... When I first started playing out, there was like nobody that was doing live music in Towson. That was when like the record theater was really prominent. It was well, so it was when I when I got of the age when I actively started pursuing gigs, paid gigs. That was when the record had just closed down uh, and became the Torrent Lounge. If you remember that at all, I do. And of course, that was like the 2010s when like everything was electronic dubstep type shit. And that yeah, was all like DJs, all DJs and stuff like that. And and they kind of, I guess I do. I'm assuming you probably played a, a decent amount of shows at the Wrecker. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I un, I think it was probably a good thing that they that they closed down for the time they did. And then they they revamped it up like eight years later. So I think what happens is you have that venue and then, you know, they started out in the 90s. They were like booking like decent national, you know, big name or bigger name people. And they get to the point like when I was in high school, it was just like local high school bands. And it's like, well, what do you expect to happen? You know, I feel like it just like you kind of get burned out with it. And now they're open again. Like, I actually like the fact that I can't get a gig record. You could. What is um, I like that I can't. Not, I like that not I'm the, not yet big enough to headline the record. Sophomore could. I don't think so, dude. Well, I don't know. I think you vastly overestimate the mass appeal <laughs> of sophomore. <laughs> the sophomores? <laughs> yeah. If I could even How many them, times do you get that? Uh, more time. I would say only 10% of the time do people both know that it's just sophomore and also know that there's three O's in the word sophomore. And the, the second one, see, even you probably didn't know that. Yes. S O P H O M O R E. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's, um, and, and I always say this and because it's true. It's like, dude, you were a sophomore in high school. Yeah. And if you went to college, you were a sophomore again. You've been a so- <laughs> There were two years of your life, probably, where you were a sophomore and you didn't even know how to spell. You have a college <laughs> degree. And you don't even know how to spell what you were for two years of your life. It's unreal how many people don't know how to spell it. How? You just don't think about it. Yeah, well, you should. <laughs> you should think about it. Some things are inexcusable. Calm down, Jimmy. I don't know. It's just, it's just mind-boggling. It, it, it kind of, 
I mean, take not a drink, to, take a drink, not to get right. too heady, but it kind of speaks to just the general level of how most people kind of coast through life without ever paying attention to what's going on around them. Like when you drive a car and I will take this drink, by the way, <laughs> your, your engine's too hot. You got to cool. Down. Mm. That's my engine. Cool. That's my antifreeze. <laughs> oh, shit. What the fuck was I going to say? Oh, you're like, driving. When you, yeah, you're driving around. You're in a car. And the car works. But what if it doesn't? What if the car stops working? And I'm guilty of this too. The amount of shit that you kind of just depend on in everyday life that you just take for granted, it allows you to not really know anything about what's going on around you. It allows you to not understand how a car works or to take it for granted or anything like that. And I look at that as a metaphor for the fact that you could literally be a sophomore for two years of your life and, and you just don't have to think about it. And so you don't. That's how most people go through life. And that's why most people can't spell my band's name. <laughs> and, if that, and if we could just change that aspect of humanity. S-O-P-H-O-M-O-R-E. And the other thing that, uh, speaking of that band name, is I, I, I went for a long, I still go back and forth with whether I would prefer to be sophomores. Because I think my original idea of it was to be sophomores. And yeah, then, why don't you just put an S on it? And it's sophomores. I, I, I've been told by the people closest to me, my inside circle, okay, that they prefer sophomore, and and calling it just sophomore was uh, the original drummer's uh, idea. It was me, you know, Mike Manos. Yeah. So we, when we were, it was me, him, and and this other dude, Sam Parrott, okay. who was my uh, girlfriend at the time's brother who was our drummer. And I kind of pitched, it was like that movie scene. You ever seen The Dirt? Yeah. I love that movie. We'll talk, <laughs> we'll have to talk about that movie. No movie gets me more stoked to be in a band than The Dirt. It was like that scene when we were, we were kind of sitting in the studio. We had rehearsed for like 30, 35 minutes. And we're like, <laughs> we're we, need, <laughs> we need a name, dude. We, we can't, it's been 30 minutes. We don't have a name. <laughs> and we're all sitting around, we're pitching ideas. And I pitched the idea of sophomores and they liked it. And then Sam was like, kind of like in that scene where like Nikki, Nikki six takes the thing and he's like, no, no, wait a second. And then he like dots the use. Yeah. And Sam just like took the paper and just crossed the S out. And apparently <laughs> the other fucking O. <laughs> Sophomore. And I, at the time, I was like, all right, well, this clearly is a movie scene moment. What if you changed it to S-O-F-T-M-O-R-E? I don't, I mean. Softmore. It'd probably get more hits. That's, <laughs> more people probably spell it like that than any other way. <laughs> but no, I've always kind of gone back and forth. And people have told me, like, uh, Joe, the guitarist, bassist in the band, he says if sophomores reminds him of, like, s'mores, so he doesn't like it. And uh, a lot of people have also told me that the the sophomores sounds more like a 50s band. Like, yeah. oh, it's Jimmy Selesky and the sophomores opening up. Versus like now, you know, we're fucking, you know, it's Gen Z, baby. Everything's got to be like an enigma, you know, like the weekend, you know, yeah. Nirvana, just a concept. Okay. So, you know what you got to do? You got to drop all the O's. <laughs> oh, that would be SFT very T M R E. That's very, that Gen would be very Z. 2000. I would say that's almost <laughs> more 2015. He's onto something. I, 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 I like the neighborhood and like a lot of those. I mm -hmm. feel like it was a big thing back in 2015 when you would just have something and be like, but no vowels. And everybody's just like, wow, dude. I <laughs> still could say it. 
<laughs> I guess that's what people are still trying to do. But anyway, enough about me. Wait, where'd you get the Pac-Man shirt? My girlfriend got it for me. That she's a nice fun girl. stat about this shirt. I think I've worn it like eight days in a row. I was nice. definitely wearing this when I saw you at the horse. Uh, yeah, one hundred. I, I was like, well, I want one. Yeah, <laughs> I just have like a full closet of old Pac-Man shirts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, getting back to the whole Fells Point thing, I looked at kind of like Fells Point. I, I used to go down there when I was uh like nineteen. I know a little Elvis, and I would drive down there like two p.m. With CDs. One day, one day, I'm gonna be playing down here. <laughs> That's what I used to say. I was, I had the voice of a, a sixty-year-old cigar-smoking yeah, man. Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> when I was nineteen, I was sixty-eight, <laughs> and I would go down and I'd hand CDs, which is at the time this would have been, I guess, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, or probably two thousand twelve, thirteen. It still wasn't that antiquated. I couldn't imagine going in with CDs now. CDs, yeah. CDs fell off so hard so quick. It was amazing. Sad yeah. too, isn't it? When I got my old, when I had my old Mac computer, the one I had before this, I bought in 2015, and it didn't have a CD drive, and I I couldn't believe it. I literally couldn't believe it. Like I looked, I looked for it on the computer for like an hour. What cars have CD players anymore? None of them. Oh. I think that's a case of I, I I don't mind the CDs going. I do think we have we've we've kind of we've jumped the shark a little bit now that like cars don't have like aux cords and stuff, or like like new phones don't have a like a thing you can plug a cord into. That's annoying. I think that it's like why? So they why? can sell you something like they, mm -hmm. that you have to plug in. But is there anything I I, I would like? I, there's definitely aspects of technology that make things worse for instance i don't know have you ever used carplay yeah <laughs> carplay that? rules what is car that's play? where you plug your iphone into a car and if it has carplay it basically like brings your iphone screen onto the dashboard oh he's got like so a fancy you car like, oh, you, you can drive do a spaceship and fucking <laughs> spotify and all that shit on your uh, your dash that's what the big screen's on there right it's only it's like as it's a little bit smaller than this iPad, I think. It's all right. It's not bad. It's all right. I'm not bonkers about it. It's I can lovely. do without it. If I never have CarPlay in my life, I well, will you, get they by. They have fun. Android Auto too. That's oh, well, in that case, if <laughs> they have a, an Android that, version, then absolutely. <laughs> drives me nuts when you're in a group chat and you're freaking. It turns green. Well, like, I I think Apple's marketing method is low key bullying. I oh, think it's, it's like FOMO. It well, is mean. You can't send a picture sometimes because of, of the Android. When Apple users send me a video, like text me a video, it shows up in like uh, 480, like old school. Yeah, like That's how pictures from you and Scott come onto my phone. That's fucked up because it, it doesn't like have to you be took like the that. picture in high school and then finally sent it now. <laughs> <laughs> like it's been traveling around the sun for no, 10 like you've years. You've just been holding on to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's just, it's fucked up because you know it doesn't have to be that way. Apple does that on purpose. They, they know that it's really annoying when you, they make a new phone and it doesn't work with the old charger. They know that it, it makes people that don't have Apple feel bad when they're in a group chat, and all I want to do is tell you that I found your text funny, but I don't want to have to say ha ha 
or LOL, I want to be able to double tap it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and not even that so much, but Apple is aware of, and they, they want it. They want that social stigma. I wouldn't be surprised that they're behind all the memes talking about how silly you look with green text or whatever. It's like, how is that not mean? That's why I don't fuck with Apple. Because it's like your whole marketing thing is like, you're like the cool guys and, and we're not allowed in the party. And it's like, it's like a, I don't know. I, I, I might be looking into it too much. I might be overthinking it. I don't but think you are. I think Apple has taken a very decisive line at being the phone that if you don't have it, people look at you different. If you're a guy that's on a dating app, and I would love to do a statistical study on this. Girls feel sketched out if you're texting them from an Android. I know this firsthand. <laughs> My Is girlfriend, that true? It's absolutely true. Wow. They say it's more likely that it's like a scam number or something like that. But it's like everything about it is to make you feel like shit. And I would get an iPhone, but I can't, I can't let them win. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're a punk know. rocker. It just I think feels you're wrong. In your 30s you're like a, now. You can let them win. You're against the green. There is a natural side of me that does want to like I, Rebel. I I have a natural inclination bend the knee to Tim Apple. I will never bend the knee to Steve Jobs. Never, dude. I can't do it. I have a Mac. I mean, I got kind of <laughs> Yeah, you already did. That's more <laughs> This is your second Mac. <laughs> I spent more money on Apple than most people do. <laughs> but I will not bend the knee. Jimmy. <laughs> but I won't make my life easier by additionally having a phone by Apple. I might do it. But that here's the other thing. sync up with my computer. I thought I could airdrop stuff from my phone to my computer without any wires. Here's the other life hack that, that you Apple users, you have an Apple, correct? I do. Yeah. Of course. Well, I'm kind of preaching. I'm talking into the abyss right not now. Not really. I'm not like one or the other. I just always, you know, I had a freaking flip phone when they came out. So, yeah. And when once I got the Apple, I was like, Wee the little thing when it started going like you could just scroll your pictures like that. I've definitely freaky. gotten to the point where I can admit that it's definitely an objectively better phone. Because the Apple computers are objectively better as computers. That's why I got it. I don't know. I've seen some people with like their pictures. The Apple uh what is it, the fourteen now? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be like the the Mac Daddy of all the cameras. And I've seen people with droids that are just like I said, that picture was taken on what? The droid? Yeah. God damn, it looks so professional. Well, the thing is, it becomes a point where it do- the actual specs of the phone don't matter anymore. You know, like, for instance, like, I get the droid because now droid is so desperate that every year... Check. Am I hear that? Something. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think it, it was on your pause. Oh, yeah, we're so good. Worked out. Every year, you can take your old phone, your old droid, and trade it in, and they give you a brand new one every year. It's like, why would I not do that? That's smart. You know what I mean? Wait, it's what? Every year, every year I get a new phone. And oh, the other thing that I Apple was because you like lose them. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. If I could maintain a phone for a year, <laughs> I could trade it in. In theory, all I got to do is hold on to it for a year. <laughs> they probably recognize that too about the average droid. You're like, you're probably an idiot. <laughs> you're never gonna make it a year. That's why you have droid. <laughs> absolutely um no but going back to the whole music thing with the uh felsing it was a big deal to try to it felt like and it still does feel this way and i think from the outside perspective i think people are kind of like like the problem with 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 being a working musician is you lose perspective 
on how other people see you and how other people see the scene. You know, like I hear people all the time will be like, yeah, man, it's cool. You go to Nashville and it's like, you'll see the same drummer playing in like four different bands. And I'm like, yeah, that's, Fell's point. that's Fell's point. <laughs> like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And like people that don't play music, they're amazed by that. They can't, they, they, like it's, it's cool to them that you could see like the same guy that was playing down there in that bar come over here and then play another set with this thing. And it's like, you go down there and I had this experience watching you. Joe and I are firm believers that no tats is the new tat is the new no tats is the new tats. Do you have any tattoos? No tats. No tats is We're the, the new tats. Yeah, this is around. the yeah, it's edgier. Outliers it's right kind of like girls with nipple piercings now. Yeah. Like you are a more, f- in my opinion, I think you're freakier if you don't have nipple piercings because <laughs> every girl got them like two years ago. Every girl has nipple piercings now. And also veering off topic a little bit i think we might have jumped the shark a little bit with the with the nipple shirts things too what's the nipple shirts thing? you know how like girls like it's like a thing like they don't like wear a bra anymore or anything yeah i think it's too much mm. it's a little it's a little uh, uh i don't 60s. think it's too much like i don't like mind it i don't mind it i just don't like, i don't what do you i i think it's a i i think personally that uh it's not they try to pretend that it's like just like a thing. Well, why do I, I? I don't care. Like whatever. I don't have to do it, so I'm not going to. But I don't think that's why they do it. I think they do it because they know it's a statement and they're making a statement. So I'm like, all right, I get it. Or they just just want attention. Well, that's my point. Yeah, I think it's an attention thing. But I hate when things that are done for attention get pitched. They try to gaslight you into being like, oh, who me? No, no, I just. Uh. I just didn't wear a bra today. It's like, uh, no. I'm, I think I got to be devil's advocate here. Oh, no. I am a fan of nipple shirts. <laughs> I didn't say I wasn't I a fan. I, I didn't, didn't say know, I wasn't a fan. I didn't know that was such a fucking rash take nowadays. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was going to be, you know, <laughs> outed like this. <laughs> I'm on you. I'm on you. I'm on team. I'm, I'm, not, team. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like them. What I'm saying is I don't like that... Uh, we're supposed to pretend that it's not for attention. That's what I don't like. If you want to do something for attention, be my guest. But I cannot stand when people do things. It's like the face tat syndrome. Like the guy who gets the face tat and then he notices you're looking at him weird. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Am I the one who got the face tat? Of course I'm looking at you, dude. (laughs) Are you not aware you have a tattoo on your face? Do I dislike you? Do I not even like the tattoo? No, but it stands out. You know it stands out. It's like when a girl gets a short haircut. You know that they know that you know. You know that they know that you know. <laughs> I just, I, I hate I hate the gaslighting about it, dude. <laughs> it, it thoroughly bugs me. I hate that shit. And that's what, that's kind of what, what um, tattoos are to me. <clears throat> tattoos, if I could have like a conference where I could sit every woman in the world down. I don't mind when girls get tattoos. Girls get different tattoos. Girls, like, every girl's gonna have, like, a fucking, like, they get, like, little ones. Like, they'll, like, you'll, you'll like, meet a girl and she'll have, like, a fucking flower on, like, her wrist or something. Like, that's, like, a girl tattoo, yeah. you know? Girls, girl tattoos are all, like, text. 
Yeah, yeah, it's like a it's Lord like a of the sentence. Rings quote or something. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. A lot of flowers though, too. Big flowers. Yeah, I don't mind that. A lot of I colors. don't mind that. But they they have this. There's like this image of dudes. They'll be like, oh yeah, he's tatted. Like it kind of like brings this conjures this like bad boy image. And and I I don't like uh un. I think it's stolen valor. I don't like unearned badassery. Anybody can get a tattoo. Anybody can get a tattoo. It takes not one inkling of badassery to get a tattoo other than the willingness to get it. I don't think that you should be looked at by society as like, oh man, look at him, man. He's got, he's tatted up. It's like, okay, who cares, dude? I admire guys who are fucking jacked because not everybody can get jacked. It requires actual work. You can if you go to Anytime Fitness. That's true. You can work out anytime. <laughs> anytime tattoo. <laughs> that hey that's a freaking uh that's the worst idea ever no it's yeah. a great People idea they getting... give you a key and you can just go in and do it yourself <laughs> that's a better idea <laughs> no i i hate i hate the idea that like guys with tattoos are like i don't know it just it, it i seems, know what you're saying it seems yeah. more it's cringe to me and the older generation the gen x guys they think it's cool but me I don't. So who's right? <laughs> no, so, nah. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Gen X guy, and I and I look at those guys with the barbed wire around their arm yeah. and shit. And I'm like, oh, you fucking idiot. I, don't, I also feel like tattoos have gotten way better recently. Yeah. Like I think like the acceptable level of a tattoo like 10, 20 years ago, like that shit was bad. Like people looked like they're you know looked like. How art over the years gets yeah. better and better. You know how yeah. like old ass depictions of like animals are. Yeah, like a cave painting on your arm. Yeah, like they looked like straight up like they had never even seen a tiger before before they like tattooed it all over someone's back. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, mm -hmm. like at least like <laughs> you can print out a stencil and fucking you know get it on there. Yeah, but that also begs the question: Why? I'm not hating on. People that, a, that have tattoos. Is that a tornado warning? Yeah, I think so. We're in the movie. <laughs> yeah, the bomb's right coming. I'm not hating on having tattoos. I just think that the pendulum swings back and forth between, like, for instance, in the political spectrum, uh, you know, what was considered to be, like, establishment, uh, you know, back in the 90s is now considered to be, like, non-establishment now. Like, it's almost like the we talked about this before where like all of a sudden the guys who are like traditionalists, the people that have like traditional values, conservative, whatever, they're almost the, the, the not the counter to it, which if 20 years ago, it would have been the opposite. 20 years ago, you would have been the establishment and it was the fucking, Hey man, whatever, man, just do what you want, bro. Don't like, blah, blah, blah. like, but now all of a sudden it's flipped. Whereas like now it's like, do whatever the fuck you want. We don't care. We don't know. Sure. Yeah. And it's like, now that's the man. And now the guys are like, no, you know what? I'm tired of that. Fuck that. It swings back and forth. So now when I see a guy with no tattoos, I'm like, yo, you are badass, bro. You are badass. Raise your so hand. You're not, you're not giving in to the thing. I, 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 I just can't stand, and I've never understood this, why I've never understood fashion. I never understood how someone could look at someone else doing something and say, I'm going to do that and feel proud of it. Like, like you could, you could see some, uh, everyone's wearing these shoes. These shoes are in style. Oh, yeah. So then why would you wear them? What is it about your psyche 
that says everyone's doing that. So therefore, I should do that because that's in right now. Everyone's getting the nipple pierced. I should get my nipples pierced. Everyone's getting tatted up. I should get tatted up. What is that? Conformity. Conformity. Mm. Conformity sucks. I think yeah. that's probably like a very small margin of the people doing these things though too so everyone who got their nipples pierced was the first person had a completely original idea coincidentally all at the same time to get their nipples pierced and every girl that was wearing fucking black (laughs) was wearing uh black leggings and and a denim jacket in 2020 every girl was wearing a blue denim jacket and black leggings with the fucking white high top sneakers and they all just woke up one morning coincidentally and went that's a good outfit no they see (laughs) each other doing it and they do it. And here's the crazy thing. They don't even know that they're doing that. It's not a conscious thought of, uh, oh, they're doing that. I'm going to do that. This goes back to the whole sophomore thing. It goes back to the whole not even knowing how your car works. They are so out of tune. Most people are so out of tune with what's going on around them that I think a lot of people genuinely do think that it was their idea when they do something. They don't even realize that they're conforming. I don't think true conformists know that they're conforming. I think that they... I think that, I don't know. I don't think they do. I don't think that if you talk to a person who just does whatever's cool, like if you go to a brewery and find in 2011 and find some guy with the fucking uh, uh, top knot with the long hair shaved sides drinking an IPA, (laughs) I don't think that he knows that he is doing exactly what I expect him to do. I don't think that people know. I See, I'm aware of my stereotypes. When I see a person doing exactly what I expect them to do, I just want to walk up and be like, look, man, I'm not like a bigot or anything, but this, you're acting exactly how I thought you were going to act. <laughs> like, and I'm aware of what people might stereotype me as, 30-year-old white guy. And when I'm out in public, I make a point of it to not do that thing. But I, don't, I think if you're not paying attention, you just wind up doing whatever everybody else is doing. That happened to me recently with the mustache, dude. I've grew a mustache. And then I noticed everyone else had mustaches. And then I realized, oh, no, it's a fad. I'm, I am. A mustache. I am, I, I am the guy I hate. Because right. I thought it was my idea. And that's why I shaved it. I noticed everyone was else doing it. Now, you've been doing it for a while. Yeah, no, you I get a pass. Say, you get a pass. We've seen each other every week for the last, like, Five years of me having a mustache. He's also got a little beard growth going on too. It's yeah, mustachio. I usually go. I was I was very heavy on just the mustache for a while, but did you ever do I'm the curl where you curl it up? No, because we had a friend that did that, and I always thought it was so uh, Chris gross. Hudson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's Chris too Hudson. much. He he learned his lesson and he got rid of it. But no, he had like the freaking twirly mustache, and he would wear cowboy shirts. It was no good. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it, no good. that's the other thing. It, it's really. If, if someone can tell you're going for something, yeah. it takes the magic away. Like the art of style, coming from a person who's clearly stylish. I'm yeah. wearing a denim a jeans, eight day old no shirt, shoes, no shoes, and a Pac Man shirt. <laughs> and an 80s Pac Man shirt. That's, that's a style, chain, though. Baby. It's not a style. That's what that's the what's style, style is not about style. it. It's like you don't give a shit. You just the do art you of style is to have a style without looking like you were trying to have a style. You know, because the second you look at a guy and you can tell, oh, you're going for something, then it just ruins it. You see a guy with a handlebar mustache and you're like, and then you see the cowboy shirt and it's like, oh, I get it. You're trying to be the handlebar mustache cowboy shirt guy. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. 
Clearly. He Nobody drinks, looks they, at me. Wait, those guys drink IPAs too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Nobody looks at me and goes, oh, I get it. You're trying to be the fucking unbuttoned jeans because you need to stop <laughs> eating barefoot fucking Pac-Man shirt guy. Maybe I am. Or maybe I just am too lazy to not be that guy. You know, I don't know. I think I think you just do what you want. You know, you do what you want. But the problem is you don't even know what you want. Most yeah. people don't know what you want. And this goes back to the iPhone thing. You're told what you want. Whether you know it or not, all the things you think you want are things that have been jammed down your fucking throat through marketing and pushed down and, hey, yeah, got to get this thing, got to have this thing. You got to have a camera with fucking 8K. It's like, you don't want that. Right. You don't want that. They told you you want that. And then you saw everyone else around you have that. And then you noticed that you don't have that. And so it's not that you want that. It's just that you want to fit in. So the want to fit in is stronger than the want for any one of these individual things. You want an identity. You want something that makes you feel like you matter. And they tap into that and give you the nice phone, the super cool car, the handbag, the Gucci belt, and they market it to you as if to say, these are the things that will give you that sense of feeling like you're a part of something, that you matter. Okay, Mr. New Phone every year. <laughs> Damn, he got you. I just want to fit in, man. You got got. I just want to fit in, man. Oh shit! I'll drink to that one. Oh my goodness. No, and, and that's that's really the point because a lot of this 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 yelling that I'm doing right now, it, it's it's it always is always it, it's always in the mirror, you know. I am my own biggest critic, and I see, I literally get embarrassed. When I see myself wanting something, I get embarrassed. Like, I'm like, ooh, I want this pair of jeans. I'm like, oh, you bitch. <laughs> you want a pair of jeans? Oh, you want the little jeans? You think you'd look nice in them? It's em- I embarrass myself out of it. I bully myself. I really do. Well, what are you supposed to wear, though, you know? I, I mean, you're wearing jeans right yeah. now. That's what I'm I saying. Think like, I'm a jeans. little bitch, yeah. man. No, I like, think you got them. <laughs> I think you gave it. I gave it. <laughs> when you're trying something on, you look, man, I look pretty cool in that. I'm going to get it. Yeah, no, I agree. I like the black jeans. I like the chucks. A lot of musicians wear chucks, I was realizing that. I think I'm conformed. You are conformed. So am I, dude. They feel good to play drums in, though. I'll you tell know. you that. Oh, no. They're a great, they're a great musician shoe. Yeah. They're a great musician shoe. And then... uh. It's either these or Vans. Yeah, but Vans are almost... I think Vans are almost uh, too cliche at this point. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> now what am I going to wear? I didn't want to piss off... Uh, oh, oh uh, there's one final thing on the tattoos thing. Uh, you can tell that I'm right because I've been noticing that tattoo removal shops are starting to pop up a lot. That's because there's a lot of bad tattoos. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like the, the one I was talking about, the barbed the, uh, barb wire. Mm-hmm. And the, all the, all the uh, Gen Xer guys used to get that one. Yeah. Around mm-hmm. their arm. Yeah. Or like barb- tribal tats. Yeah, that, like, that too. Yeah, tribal. Those yeah. are terrible. And John had a theory uh, that I agree with, um, that the new tramp stamp is the in-between-the-boobs tattoo. Oh, mm-hmm. hey now. That's the new. That's the, do you have one? Did I offend you there? Sorry. No, I don't have that. Okay. Well, I mean, I yeah, we saw earlier. No tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. that definitely. Like, Sorry about that, America. <laughs> like it's weird to think it's like. See, the reason why I don't do it is because I'm so aware that there's so many things that we do now 
that in 20 years or 30 years, we're going to look back and be like, I can't believe we did that. Like when you look back at the 70s and you look at how people are dressed and you're like, wow, I can't believe people used to dress like that. Imagine if you got that fucking leisure shoot tattooed on your body. (laughs) Now you can never take it off. You said, you know what, dude, this suit rocks. Just fucking permanently put my body in this suit. (laughs) It's never going to go out of style. And then you're 30 years later, you're like, wow, all the girls who got tramp stamps in the early 2000s, did they know that in 20 years, every guy was going to see that and be like, I bet you you fucked a lot in the early 2000s, didn't you? (laughs) Because that's obviously what you're thinking. You know, so it's like, why do it? Get some henna. True. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm too, uh, I wouldn't think my idea for a tattoo would be good enough to put it on me forever. That's why I would never want a tattoo. That's exactly why I didn't get one. I was like, I don't know what I want on my body for the rest of my life that's going to, you know, I want to look at and go, oh, yeah, man, that's still cool. That no. Be- Bugs Bunny? No. Bugs Bunny? A uh, girl sitting on a drum set? No. Girl sitting on a car? No. Are these all things you thought about getting at one Yes. <laughs> girl sitting on a drum set? Yeah. Oh, that's like, me. Like, I was a chick. No, like a, <laughs> like a, like a pin-up top. Like a, it, I actually thought it through. It was going to be a drum set with a, like a girl sitting on a bass drum as like a pin-up type girl. Like nice. A 40s, like a 40s type. Like Not, Okay. Like, you know? That'd be cool. Then, you should get that. And then my dad was in Vietnam War. And he had um, these patches on his jacket. And it, I was thought about like maybe getting a, one of the Vietnam patches. But then I sober up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to walk back everything I say and say that there are, there are times when there are definitely tattoos you can get that I, I'm not going to hate on. Yeah, meaningful you know? things. That, meaningful like, things. Know, maybe your dog died and you get your dog on you. And subtlety is the art. Again, subtlety is the art of style. I always thought how much cooler I would be if I just had like one, one tattoo. Where would and you get it, though, on your ankle? I think, like, I think that I would definitely wouldn't be, like, the, sh- no, ankle tats. That's <laughs> just embarrassing. Yeah, I might yeah, as well that's... be the pinup girl on your drum tattoo <laughs> at that point. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's Jimmy. Under your toe hair, so no one ever sees it. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely wouldn't get it somewhere where it's, like, always visible. I wouldn't get it, like, on the forearm. Maybe, like, uh, I, I, you know, a lot of guys will get, like, the full chest thing, too. Like the like the one peck is like a fucking thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's a big Asian guy thing. But in that, you have to make a full commitment to being like kind of jacked your whole life. Which yeah. I don't know if I'm prepared for that. Get some man boobs hanging down. Yeah, it's just embarrassing at that point. Um, but there were things I wanted to talk about, obviously, besides uh, hating on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, primarily, you play... Live from the studio. It's haters. Yeah, live from the studio. Hating on everybody here. Uh you play in multiple bands, as drummers do. This is another misconception uh, from the outside looking in of drummers and assuming that I always assume that drummers played in a band, kind of like how I play in a band. I don't play in six different fucking bands, you know, but drummers, it's like you guys are all over the place, baby. We're just trying to make a living. Yeah. And so you wind up, so you play in, listen, I got on my notes, I got Chesapeake Suns. Yeah. Which uh, you can shout out those guys if you'd like. Your main your main projects are Stone Horses, Chesapeake Suns, yeah, and then you also just uh, joined up with Child's Play as well. Yeah. Yep, that's a that's an older uh, band from like um, I guess the Hammerjacks area era. Really? So yeah. did you do a lot of stuff at Hammerjack? Because that's another no. legend. <laughs> Nothing at Hammerjacks. No, I was a baby boy. Damn. 
I saw some. I saw some really cool shows at Hammerjacks with the fake ID. Okay. But when did that close? Because I know Hammerjacks was in. Uh, was it in Serial Mom? I think I it was know. in in the John Waters movie. I think near the end of the movie, they like uh, go to a show at Hammerjacks and she kills someone in the audience. I've never seen Serial Mom. Her, it's another another movie I have to see. Yeah, no, Serial Mom was sick. They filmed a lot of it in Towson, so that's why it's like close to my heart. Like, were, uh, were you on production with that? No, no, <laughs> that was like uh, John Waters. I think that was like a. 80s movie he did uh what crybaby yeah crybaby hairspray um, hairspray yeah uh a dirty shame i think is like the johnny knoxville one um trying to think what else talking about uh john waters movies yeah but in i think it was in serial mom they go to hammer jacks and so on john waters is very uh very like he really pushed the whole baltimore thing which i liked Mm mm-hmm which I guess um, is probably how most directors are, and we just don't know it. Because, yeah. like, you think about how most movies are based in, like, New York or L.A. It's, like, every movie. And you just kind of assume that that's just because, but it's probably because those guys are, like, living there. Yeah. Or and, if, like, something shoots in Baltimore, they'll say it's D.C. Yeah. Or, like, they shoot in Baltimore because it's cheaper. It's not really... Yeah. part of the story or as we discussed with the guys who uh you know whenever they make a boston movie they always we were talking about the departed yeah. and black mass earlier they always overdo the boston thing like to the t to the point where you just assume that actually everyone when you go there talks like that <laughs> when in reality the same way that we make fun of the baltimore accent here oh yeah they in boston probably like make fun of the Boston accent in Boston because nobody, yeah, but very also, few people actually talk like that. Everyone sounds like Mar- Mark Wahlberg up there. Mark Wahlberg in real life, though. In real life. Certainly not Mark Wahlberg in a movie. No. Nobody Mark sounds Wahlberg like in real Mark life. Wahlberg in a movie is preposterous. We were listening, we were in Boston like <laughs> two weeks ago for a shoot, but like anytime we had the local radio stations on, everyone who called in to the radio stations, they all sounded like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> it was unreal. It's too much, dude. Um, as far uh, going back to the music thing, uh, we were talking a little bit. Uh, you know, I think up before the podcast about like uh, doing some stuff during COVID. I noticed also that I feel like COVID was like a seismic shift in the people that play downtown. Yeah, there's so many people that used to play that just don't anymore. You know, have yeah. you noticed that? Like, yeah. Like, uh, you never see, like, well, what's his name? A couple of them moved away, though. What's Steve, um, what's that one Steve guy? Steve Herrera. Yeah, he's still around, but he doesn't play in Fells Point too much anymore. Yeah, he does, like, a lot of wedding stuff. Stevie Matthews. Stevie Matthews. Well, he moved to Austin. Yeah. He was a great guy. Frankie Grolowski's gone. He's in Austin. He's also in uh, Cowboy Mouth. Okay. So he's, like, doing real shit, you know? What is your take on the whole getting out of Baltimore thing. Do you, cause you've talked about that in the past. Do you think that that is necessary? Uh, if you want to be bigger, I think it really is necessary. Really? I don't, you know, who's really made it out of Baltimore? The all town low. Yeah. Kicks. Mm hmm. Uh, who else? Like what the reggae band was that reggae band? SR 71. Well, yeah. They, 
they were in reggae, but yeah, that's our oh, 71. Yeah. <laughs> they actually made it out of Fells Point. OAR? Uh, uh, OAR, yeah. Uh, SR 71 used to play at the horse. Really? Really, yeah. Wow, dude. They were called Honor Among Thieves. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was back in the day, like when music, they had full on bands in there all the time. Yeah, I, I'm kind of. And COVID changed that, I believe. Everybody went acoustic and now. Oh, uh, we don't want drums. We want you to play this fucking annoying box thing called a <laughs> cajones. Were real big. Yeah. I feel like I have a cajon. I feel like mm-hmm. I have a cajon. I do. Real proud of you. I have but a you cajon. Were on, like the cutting edge of cajones, though. Look again. Going back you to you got the... it like what 20, 2009, 2010? Yeah, no, eleven maybe. Oh yeah. Going See? back to the Rebel. whole conformity thing. I mean, I'm only so adamant about these things because. Again, I see it in myself. I totally recognize when I was doing things uh, because it was the thing to do. Like I was making YouTube covers because it was a thing to do when I was like 19. And I look back and they're kind of cringy. You know, I, I had the fucking shaved sides with the long hair on top. I had that thing. That's gorgeous. <laughs> and it was so dumb. I didn't even look good with it. But I, I saw it happen to myself. So like whenever I talk about those things, it's like, yeah, I'm not coming at it from a place of like, oh, I'm better than that. I'm saying like, I am now better than that. Yeah, whenever Jimmy gets <laughs> super mad, he's just imagining himself like 10 years ago. 100%. 100%. <laughs> but I mean, I, I do think, because um, I talk about this with John, and I talk about this pretty much anybody who plays music, pretty much anybody who's anybody I talk to about this topic, because I think it is, especially in Baltimore, a, a big thing which is this idea that if you want to make it out of baltimore you got to make it out of baltimore and well, that's, I, well I don't that's kind of true with everything though you're not going to be like a huge actor unless you go to la you're yeah. not going to be really like a huge band really if you unless you go to like nashville or la or new york mm-hmm. or you know i mean that's not true though because where'd lip biscuit come from like florida well, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. I think that like I think that that idea becomes less and less true every year because of the internet and yes. Spotify and all that. And so I'm certainly not arguing that if you came up and you're a band in Baltimore in 1980 that you're yeah. gonna you know play at Hammerjacks and blow up. But I don't think that that is as true now. I don't think that it's as much the case now that you have to get out of Baltimore. And that is a point of contention that I have with a lot, not contention, I'm not contentious about it. I think if you want to be like a sideman, like if you wanted to just be, join a tour or something like that, mm -hmm. you probably have to get out of Baltimore to do that. You got to be down in the scene of Nashville. You got to be in the scene of New York. You got to be in the scene. Your name has to be in there. You have to do. Well, let me put it this way. I think there's a difference between playing around and relocating. Like, you can play in L.A. You can play in Nashville. You can play in New York. You can play in Chicago. You can play in Florida. You can play all this. You can only live one place. So no matter where you live, that's where you live. You can't live in all these different cities. And if you want to get... You know, you know, to a certain level, then you're, yeah, you'd want to be playing in LA. You want to be playing in New York. You want to be getting out to those markets. But 
I don't necessarily know if that's as true that you have to like be in that market, I guess is what I'm saying. Now, because yeah. of the amount of people that are able to kind of blow up on the internet, which I've argued in the past and I continue to think is at, at this point the bigger market. I think that bands are far more likely to get popular. Comedians are far more likely to get popular. And pretty much anybody's far more likely to get popular on the internet at no, this I, point. I agree with you. At this point. I mean, you know, you look at these bands that are blowing up now and it's like, are they popular because they played a bunch of like basement shows in New York? Or are they popular because they have like a good TikTok presence? They got some songs that are blowing up to like a million streams on Spotify. Are all millions of those streams from the people at their basement show in New York? <laughs> It was just all those guys that were chilling at Joe Squared, the, the the New York version of Joe Squared. They were like, hey, man, let's all go. Li-. No, like those streams are from all over the world. They live in Brazil. No, Do they live in fucking the UK. No, that's where the plays are coming from. So I, I just don't I, I think that I'm not saying it's wrong to uh, think that getting out of Baltimore is a step because it's certainly a step because virtually any city is a step when you're taking it for an artistic approach outside of Baltimore. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not exactly known as the, you know, capital of music around the world, but I think much like the way, uh, my generation looked at college going to college as like this thing that like, well, if you want to have a good job, you got to get that degree. I kind of get the same vibe when I hear people of this generation saying, well, if you want to get, if you want to blow up, you got to move to New York, you got to move to LA. It's like, is that the case or is that what you had to do? Is that what your dad would have had to do? Yeah. Because your dad, yeah, if he wanted to become, make this amount of money, then yeah, the college degree would have really fucking helped in the 80s, in the 90s. 2020 you got a Towson University degree congratulations <laughs> clean up on off you know what I mean it's like it's not it's not what it used it's not what it used to be yeah and so I I, I see that same type of uh trajectory happening with with the artistic realm where I, I I see people that they kind of they hit a standstill you start to feel burning out you start to feel like you're spinning your wheels which speaking from personal experience absolutely um, and then they think the solution is, well, I just got to get out of here. And it's like, well, yeah, that's an option. But if you think that you're going to move to Austin or move to New York, move to Nashville, move to LA and do the same shit you were doing here, you do the same formula. And then all of a sudden magically, because it's in a different place that that's going to pan out. Well, another thing I don't think that's true. Like you go to Nashville you're the, you're the smallest fish in the hugest pond. Yeah. Like here, you know, you can play Fells Point, make a living, get tips, plus a salary. You're getting paid. Yeah, you're getting paid. Down there. Salary, just, as I like to call it. Yeah, you get <laughs> And down there, you, you got to play for the bucket. Yeah. That's what you're, you don't get. A, so you, you wind up making, you might, and, and that was kind of the other thing uh, when my friend Scott, who lives out in LA, he's actually the, the other guy from the studio, guy from the studio. He, his mom is the one who lives there with the great landscaping. Um, get we've get some weed kill, that's all. <laughs> yeah, we this we could use a little bit of roundup. <laughs> we can round this place. I, I haven't been to 
to the studio and fucking like, taller than my car five days or six days <laughs> and i swear to god it was not like this last time i was here it's this crazy. this has happened in the past like week yeah, overnight it's unreal oh, yeah, it's the plant, unreal the plants are taking over brother yeah <laughs> uh shit i was gonna say something what the fuck was i talking about scott yeah la oh, the, the other guy yeah the other guy i don't fucking know never mind he moved to la yeah he did yeah and so i mean but I don't know. I guess my I guess my main point is that what? why do you move to be for an actor? Acting, yeah. oh. Which which again it, it works. Yeah, that's, like that's like, that, yeah, that makes you gotta sense. Be there for that. It makes sense. New York. We ha- we went out to L.A. when I was when when we were both nineteen, and I remember saying to him when we were out there because I had never been out there before, and I remember saying like, yeah, I feel like this is a place I could see myself being at some point, but not at this point. And like, not until I have like a reason to be here. And the to me, the reason would have to be like, this is what I always say to people. I always say this to people. Mm-hmm. Um, if Baltimore is such a small time, shitty, low level, low tier city, then why aren't you the man? If you're so great, and Baltimore is so not great, then why aren't you the fucking king of Baltimore? So so you're going to sit here and say, oh, the scene here is trash, the talent level's not there, you know, you got to move out to a city where it's like, okay, well, it seems to me like then you should be a guy who's like, yeah, man, I already, I'm the king of this city, everybody knows my name in Baltimore, but I just got, I'm, I, I'm, I'm tapped out, there's nowhere else for me to go. I, I've reached the limit, I've peaked out in this city, I got to go somewhere else. That's not the case for these people moving out to LA. They're people who, are just guys like us, people on our level or lower or maybe slightly higher, that move out to LA and now you're just one of the other million people out there who are all no no names from their own town who think that just magically by relocating in this town, it's going to happen. You know, I feel like to me what would make the most sense is, yeah, I'll move to LA when I'm the man in Baltimore. When I can go to LA and say, yeah, we actually have like the biggest, we're like one of the biggest bands coming out of Baltimore. So we should, and then the, the venues might be like, oh yeah, we'll give you a gig versus, yeah, I, I'm just another guy who plays music and happens to live here now. And I thought that I was like waiting for the magic to happen where like magically I become famous because I'm here and I'm doing the same shit with the same mindset I was doing back home. You know, my dad tells this story about when I was five years old and I, got a skateboard i got a plastic mickey mouse skateboard nice and i brought it home and i was standing in the alley and i was standing on it and he said he was watching me from the porch and he said i was screaming at the skateboard saying skateboard do the thing come on do the thing because i thought that by having a skateboard that suddenly just the the act of being on the skateboard was enough for me to now be able to fucking do an Ollie McTwist and fucking grind on the walls and shit. <laughs> I didn't understand that the skateboard is a tool for you to use. And I'm using that metaphor for how a lot of people look at these other things where they go, oh, you know, they, they're, they, they're going out to LA, they're going out to Nashville, going out to the other side. I'm not talking about anybody in particular. I'm just saying, uh, making a general statement that applies to you, great. If it doesn't, Forget about it. You know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> but you go out there and 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 you're no better than the kids standing. LA, do the thing. Come on, LA. Make me famous. No. It's not college. Make me have a good job. No. That's not how it works at all. 
And so until you until you until you dial that in, and, and so I mean, with all that being said, it, I'm not I'm not disparaging moving out somewhere. I mean, I think it's good just kind of explore and branch out and just kind of if anything, I like traveling because it makes me appreciate where I'm from more. It puts things in perspective, let's say. Like when I go out to another city and I walk into a bar and I see guys playing in like Miami or something, I realize that, wow, when I'm playing with Jason in Baltimore, there are guys from Florida coming here and that we're those guys to them. You know, they see us the same way we're seeing them. And you don't really feel that when you're here. But when you're playing in Fells Point and you have these tourists come in from like fucking Europe and now oh, we're on a business trip and like they're going to come there and, and, and they're looking at you like, yeah, the band, like we're the Baltimore band, you know, the guys from Baltimore. And like you lose sight of that because you're in it all the time. I lose sight of it all the time. But I like traveling because it puts things in perspective. And you realize it almost makes me kind of hone in on what I need to change in my game plan back home. You know, very rarely have I gone to a place and been like, this is where I need to be. Usually, when I go to a place, I think, this is what I need to do. And I think that's the difference, I think, between, I guess, the way that I approach things and I guess, and not clearly the way I approach things is not uh, super fruitful, but, you know, I'm just, you know, neither are a lot of people I'm arguing with. So I guess it's <laughs> my opinion against theirs, you know? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I gotcha. What uh what's on this list? I feel like we haven't even touched this thing. <laughs> oh. Funny you should ask. Uh now we've covered all the important things. <laughs> oh, we have been covering the list. <laughs> um You're a real pro. I never saw you look at it once. Yeah, not once. I just <laughs> I can ramble, baby. Uh we yep. talked about a couple things before the podcast. What, what were you going to say? Sorry. No, I was just saying. I, you want to see the list? I, no, I listened to you guys, and I'm like, these guys are articulate and smart. And, and now you're like, wow. No, no, I was, I I'm realize. still feeling like that. I'm like, <laughs> They must edit a lot. <laughs> I, I, I listened to the show, and I'm like, man, I said, I'm going to go on here and sound like a complete boob compared no, you to sound these great, guys. Dude. No, you're doing great. You sound like a nipple piercing for sure. <laughs> um, uh, we talked about a few things before the cast. Uh, thing number thing number one. The uh, the Kia stealing thing is a thing, dude. That sucks. It's man. Not a joke. I'm afraid. I'm like, hide your car, hide do your you wife. Have a Kia. Uh, yes. Ooh. Oh no. So that's yes. why you're in tune with it. So you know a girl whose Kia was stolen. Yeah. No Hyundai. Hyundai. It's Korean it's, cars, yeah, really. Yeah. Hyundai and Kia. It's got to do like they can drive it with a fucking USB port or something like that. Mm. And they're doing it for um. What's that? TikTok hits. Well, I don't. Are they doing it for TikTok hits, or are they doing it to have a car? They're doing it to joyride the car around and then dump it somewhere. Yeah, because nobody really wants a Kia. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I think like the it, reason it's happening so much is because it was like a trend on TikTok. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think when you put out to the public, hey... Yeah, instructional video on how to hotwire a car yeah, very easily. Here's how easy it is to steal a uh, you know, $10,000 vehicle. Look, at, look it up. It's uh, Kia Boys. It's the like Kia hash, Boys. Hashtag Kia Boys, I think. Joe's brother's Kia was Kia Boyd. Oh, Jesus. Uh, it's, it's a real thing. I know. And it's amazing that that's... I, I've, never, I've never stolen a car, as you probably have guessed. I don't, 
I don't see how, like, what the upsides of it are. Like, don't you, like, when, the reason why I've never been able to be a criminal, not that I've really tried that much. The other night I did think about uh, stealing some peanut chews from Royal Farms. Because every now and then I just like to see if I still got it, you know? I stole when I was younger, like, cigarettes and uh, candy bars. I... I kind of do it as like a matter of principle sometimes. Like uh, if I'm at Safeway ringing up groceries and I'm ringing up my own shit, sometimes I'll forget to like ring up a pepper. What's that, a dollar? But it's like, all right, I'm paying myself a dollar for doing my own shit here. That's true. You know, like used to be, I mean, I know it's wrong, but I I, I don't know. There's something in me that's like, I'm never stealing something consequential. Yeah. You know, but I, I just liked, I like that little thrill of walking out the door with like an onion. <laughs> and so then and then just see everybody you're like, like you're like a board stakes. you're like a board housewife <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah yeah the grocery shopping helps i don't go grocery shopping that often so i i just want to see if i the other day i walked out and i i thought about stealing a greek yogurt oh shit mm. and i was ringing it up and stealing from your people something yeah yeah that was bad for my community for sure <laughs> Greeks, the Greece uh, GDP went yeah, down. Yeah, they get that money directly. Yeah, they do. Um, and something told me. This is why I believe in God here. Because I believe God was kind of in my ear going, hey, not tonight. I know that you could probably get away with this. But not tonight, trust me. And I rang it up. And I was walking out of the store. And... As I got through the, the door, the buzzer went off and my cartwheel jammed and almost flipped the cart. Oh my God. And the Safeway employees came out and did that thing with the thing where they scanned to make sure everything was bought and paid mm -hmm. for. And I was good. But had I stolen that Greek yogurt, mm. when I got jammed for that fucking thing... Look, the, the the punishment for shoplifting a Greek yogurt is not jail. I don't it is embarrassment. It is shame. Yeah. It is when you have to sit there and explain this, when they're like... To another adult. To another adult when you're also an adult. Probably to it's even someone younger than you. Yeah. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just embarrassing. Nobody wants that, dude. Well, what about the people that just walk in the store and take whatever the fuck they want? Who's well, they don't, they're not embarrassed. Yeah, they don't I'm they don't they don't see it as shameful. We don't have shame anymore. Everybody everything's locked up under thing. You can't even get like you gotta get somebody to help you with everything. We live <laughs> we do live in a shameless society now. We've lost the idea that sometimes you should feel bad about some things. You're not mm. supposed to feel good about everything. I don't know. But that's also like a very, that's a recent thing probably for you. And when you were a teenager, when I was a teenager, I feel like you don't think about shit like that. You don't really think about how you're affecting other people and you're just like, like YOLO, dude. I'm invincible. Yeah, yeah. That's Nothing that, ever bad is going to happen to me. That's kid level shit, obviously. I'm talking more that's about- That's why the Kia boy shit is. Popular. yes it's primarily kids Dude, if that was happening when we were kids we would have at least tried it once no way dude we would you would think we would have stolen a car i don't know about stolen a car like we would have done it to like one of our parents yeah you know what sure. i mean of like course. not just a <laughs> random person obviously would have stolen my but, like we would have done something like that yeah uh, we didn't steal their parents car <laughs> that's fair 
Yeah, I would have done that to my parents. This, I mean, none of our parents drove Kias. So. We were, we were, we we did things when we were kids. You know, I stole a couple. I stole my fair share of candy bars in my day. But I, you know, as far when it got to that level, I was never doing that. Um, not even because of shame at that point, just because like I. I knew the repercussions of actually doing something consequential. Like stealing a candy bar is like whatever, but like stealing a car, like even as a kid, I understood like, yeah, probably if I get caught, this is like an actual thing. Oh, like yeah. This isn't like yeah. go home my dad and be like, Hey, come pick him up from the seven 11. You try to get out of here with that slurpee. It's like, he stole my car. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit, it's a little bit more. I'm talking about shame in general. And this idea that, uh, I, I think it bleeds in. I think it bleeds into everything you see now. I was watching, this is something we haven't talked about, uh, but I'm sure you've heard about it, that whole Adam and 22 situation. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Are you familiar? No. So there's this, can you explain it? You probably know okay, more about so, that. Idea. So Adam 22 is this guy who got popular by like doing podcasts with like, people half of his age like mainly like young rappers coming into the game and shit mm-hmm. but like uh he he kind of like grew a brand he's like the no jumper guy he he does a lot of like interview shows and a lot of like spin-offs have happened mm-hmm. since him doing that shit but uh he's like married to a porn star i think he also is a porn star now potentially but uh, recently, they, he got married. I think him and his wife had a baby before they got married. Then they got married. And then a couple weeks after they got married, she was like, my husband's finally letting me take a BBC on my OnlyFans. Finally. Your, been married for two weeks. Get your bookmarks <laughs> ready or some shit. Um, What's a BBC? A big bonus check. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nice comeback. And apparently that uh, that went through, mm. and then the guy who fucked his wife was like interviewing. It was so. I oh mean, yeah, they're doing like behind the actor's studio on this guy like banging some guy's wife. I kind of <laughs> like, they like have the guy from the video just being like play by play breakdowns of like yeah, and, and he wanted me to do it. He was the one that asked me. And da, 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 da. I don't know. Some some crazy keep, shit. Keep chatting about because I'm actually gonna pull this up because I'm pretty sure you're gonna pull the porn up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna pull the video. You <laughs> no. paid for it? No, um, I'm gonna pull up the interview though for sure. Uh, where he's this is like I saw the interview from like before. Yeah, I mean there like there's been shit that came out like I think one of his old interviews came out where it was like I would never let her fuck a black dude or some shit. Really? That's what he said? Yeah, he said that like a couple of years ago, I think. It's <laughs> a weird thing to but say. But now he's like, I don't know. I think just like LA breaks people's brains too. <laughs> yeah, I don't... That's what Nick Aldershaw would always talk about anytime he'd come back from LA. I don't know if that's a, a symptom of getting your brain broken, dude. I think that uh, I, I could confidently say... Well, it's just like there's a lot of shit going on around you, and they're both in the porn industry, so they're like, okay, this makes sense. And obviously now they're making fucking bank off of it, probably. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is like, just like him getting embarrassed online probably netted them another million or two dollars and whatever the fuck they're selling. (sighs) 
unfortunately, the other sad reality of this day and age is every video is a reaction video. Oh, so if yeah. you want to see I someone, shit, if you want to see something, you and you have to settle for a guy sitting in the lower corner of the king gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start doing reaction and videos to it. our own podcast. Dude, they pause it so much too, and it's like, bro, I don't want to hear from you. I'm trying to watch the video that somehow you got above the real video. Yeah, how on do YouTube. you get that? How do you find the real video of anything anymore? You can't. I, I can't find the real video of anything. All I can do is watch other people's fucking reactions to it. So I can't pull it up right now. But anyway, yeah, like he's saying, there's a there's an interview. There's my reaction to what he just said. <laughs> um, yeah, see if you can pull it up, honestly. That would be amazing. There's one before it happens where he's sitting there in studio with his wife and the guy and they're talking about like how it's going to go down and like how he feels about it and like the 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 wife is sitting there like saying things that like you couldn't even imagine your wife or girlfriend saying in front of you like yeah like you know like honestly like the sexual tension even right now like i just want to like film the scene right now i'm just like how do you and then and then afterwards he's talking like the guy's like dude fucked his wife is like on an interview and saying like yeah like obviously you know at first like she hadn't been stretched out like that for a while so like you know i had to take it slow and then like you know and, and then like like the guy was one of the interviewers was like so like do you feel like you like fucked her better than and he was like well you know from a pure physical standpoint obviously obviously i fucked her better but like you know with the husband it's like there's love involved and blah 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 but like you know from like pure like sex like yeah obviously like and i'm sitting there like the fact that anyone and i i i'm sorry i i i'm i i can't i don't apologize for this i, I don't um that shit's wrong. Yeah. It's fucking... Well, it's wrong. It, it, that shit's wrong. That's cuckold shit. That fucking, like, like polyamory, I don't care. It's not <laughs> fucking legitimate fuck off. I'm tired of having every single fucking idea somebody has. I'm supposed to sit here and go, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying don't do it. But I cannot stand this thing where we have to sit there and pretend like it's equivalent to not doing that. Or like there's some type of like moral rel rel um, relativity where like, oh, well, everybody's choices are equal. No, they're not. No, they're fucking not. Okay? You're sitting there on a fucking podcast talking to a dude, talk about fucking your wife, how he's going to fuck her, and then afterwards how he did fuck her. And then every single person in their mind deep down knows that that's fucking wrong. Yeah. Every single person watching that is going, what is this guy doing? But there are certain people that have to sit there and go like, well, that's just their... No, it is it is their choice, but I don't fucking believe... That kind of shit, that's fucking like... That's, to me, generally speaking, if you show me a polyamorous relationship, I'll show you someone who's being abused. Garen fucking tee it. Every single polyamorous relationship I've ever come across, every single fucking one of them, the one person had the idea to fuck other people, and the other person was so desperate to keep that person that they went along with it, and it always ends. I've never met a fucking 75-year-old polyamorous couple. Doesn't fucking happen, okay? It doesn't fucking happen because it's wrong, and everyone knows it's wrong, but again, shameless fucking society. You do your shit, and then everyone sits there and goes, oh, yeah, Hey, the guy fucked your wife. No, you should feel like a fucking idiot, dude. You should feel like shit. Not that I want you to feel like shit, but that I want other people to recognize that, hey, you know what? 
Not everything is great. Not every idea you have is awesome. Sometimes there's a reason why people do things a certain way. And it's not just because we made it up. Not every single thing, this idea that every single thing that we do, all the world around you was just made up. Somebody just had the idea that men do this and women do. We just came up with it. One day, a long time ago, everybody was sitting there in their societies going, all right, guys, um, should the women fight the wars or should the men fight the wars? I don't know. Let's flip a coin. And then every society across the world magically, coincidentally flipped heads for guys. And it's just a coincidence that that's just how it so happens to go. You go to a country across the fucking world and you show up against their army and you're fighting what? Their dudes. All right. And then you go there. Oh, who's raising it? The women. And this idea. Oh, well, that's a social construct. That's just made up. This idea that gender. No, 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 it's not. And then they use that as a way to try to pigeonhole any single fucking thing you can come up with. And they use that. They do. To wear their nipple tees. <laughs> Look, this isn't me hating on people's life choices. This is me saying, back in the 2000s, you used to see on everybody's bumper stickers, you used to see what? Tolerance. That was the word. Tolerance. Tolerance is a weird word because tolerance does not mean I, I accept what you're doing is just as good as what I'm doing or just as valid. Tolerance means I tolerate it. I see you doing that over there. And I'm, toler- I'm putting up with it, basically, is what tolerance means. Tolerance does not mean, oh, you think that? You think that's how you live your life? Well, let me go teach my kids that, too. I guess that's just as valid as my... Th- no. You just go, oh, I see you doing that. I'm not going to hate on you for doing that. I'm not going to say you can't do that. But I still think that my way is better. That's what tolerance is. We don't have tolerance. This idea of... Like now, it's not about tolerating. It's about. You know what I think it is? I think what? it's you, you've been thinking about it wrong this whole time. They're talking about tolerance, like how much you can take. So you have a mm. very low gay tolerance. Gay. You're a lightweight. I don't have a low gay tolerance. <laughs> I have a low watching a guy get his wife fucked on camera publicly uh, and, and, and then pitching it like it's totally cool and normal and nothing to be ashamed about tolerance. I and, know, but have, where have you seen people like saying that's the idea that everyone has i've only seen people make fun of him for that you will see people and i've seen it in my own life uh when they are i've seen i i watched one of my uh friend's cousin was married to a girl and uh and they were young they were married young like 23 i think i was 24 25 at the time so he was probably like 26 27 and his cousin got the same guy that fucked Adam 22's wife to fuck his he, wife. He, <laughs> he basically reached this agreement with his wife that they were allowed, they're married, but they're allowed to sleep with other people. And it was out of desperation because she was kind of talking about leaving him and, you know, that she the spark wasn't there, all that shit that you hear in relationships. And so they kind of came to this agreement where it was her idea and he wanted to be open-minded. Also, he didn't realize that his open-mindedness was completely driven by his desperation to keep her. And so he agrees to this and lo and behold, what happens? She's out there fucking this other guy. Not a bunch of guys, just this other guy. He never wound up fucking a single other girl for the one year, one year and a half. She would come home and tell him about it. Tell him how big his dick was. Fucking talk about, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And he could never bring himself to sleep with another girl because he really just wanted to be with her. 
she didn't want to be with him but well, she also, i'm sure it doesn't help that he every time he's thinking about trying to hook up with a girl he's just imagining his girlfriend or wife <laughs> get boned down didn't stop her from fucking her other you know you would say the reverse should have applied to her every time she fucks another dude she has to think about her her husband fucking she didn't care she went right along. Why? Because she didn't really want to be with him, but also she didn't want to go through the process of actually breaking it off. So they come up with this new age, new, you know, woo-woo, open-minded, new society, everything's cool, everything's groovy and far out, man, uh, idea. And of course it doesn't fucking work and they wind up getting divorced. Why? Because he can't stand the fact that she is fucking this other guy. Um, and, and happy about it and enjoying her time with it because the other thing about women aren't big on the whole like just fuck a bunch of random dudes thing if your wife's cheating on you she probably really likes that guy it's not really the same with men I'm not these are generalities people I'm sure you can find me an example otherwise but generally you know a guy will you know like a, generally if, if your wife's cheating on you she fucking loves that dude she fucking loves that dude it's her boss fucking something whatever uh so she's basically fostering this other relation. They had all these agreements like, oh, you know, we're not going to like get emotionally invested. How do you not get the idea that you can just go out and fuck a bunch of people and not get emotional? Anybody who says that sex is just sex, it's not. Anybody, very rarely do you hook up with somebody and it's, it's, it's just nothing. Usually something evolves out of it. Usually at least some type of saga for a month and a half. Like something comes out of any of those relationships. So this idea that you can just go through life fucking random people and having nothing to do with any of it, that's bullshit too. But as it goes with the, 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 the relationship, it's like he fell victim to trying to be open-minded, feeling like it was his job to be accepting of this new idea. And why, you know, now that I think about it, why should I care if my wife is out fucking other men? That's just an old school social construct that says that I have to be possessive and monogamous and monogamy's bullshit and that doesn't matter. And I'm beyond that. I'm better than that. Wrong. Wrong. You're not. Why? Because it's not fucking normal and it's not natural and it's not cool. And so when you tell people that everything's fucking cool and everything is normal, then they fall into these pigeonholes of doing shit that actually is harmful to you. And, and usually those things, when, when somebody, like I said, if I was in a relationship with a girl and you heard that I was convincing her to let me fuck other chicks, the first thing you would think is, wow, Jimmy's being kind of a dick. You would fucking think that. Oh, yeah. Why? Because it's true. But then on a bigger level we're supposed to sit here and act like no that's just another style of relate no it's not no it's not and 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 the, the, i'm sorry i know you're the guest on this podcast I'm no just, I'm, I'm, I'm digging it, it it's just i, I just I, I get so fucking fed up with the difference between uh like i said tolerance and 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 making it equal it's not fucking equal I tolerate the fact that Adam 22 is doing that. But the second, and I'm not saying he's going out and saying like, but he is kind of, he is kind of going out and trying at the very least pretend that he's, that it's all cool and gravy, but he knows deep down it's not. And anybody who might look up to him or listen to him might be in that situation with their wife or girlfriend. I don't know if anyone looks up to that man. (laughs) Yeah. Why? Because we all intrinsically know it's bullshit. But again, shameless society where we've lost sight of the idea of being allowed to say certain things you should be embarrassed about i mean it's just like it's a watching a car crash dude like you're gonna tell me you're not gonna slow down and turkey neck that situation of course 
Of course. No, that's not. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying, though. I'm just saying that. So you're saying you wouldn't like. I accept car crashes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying that even with. okay, let's let's bring it to another thing here. Uh, The uh, like OnlyFans sex work stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, This idea that, um, you know, sex work is sex work. And we've all been consumers of sex work. Obviously, we've all watched porn. We've all engaged in that. So we're all hypocrites like we talked about before. Um, But this new approach where now it's not this taboo thing. It's actually because you can't be ashamed of anything anymore and you can't, everything has to be equally as valid. Now, actually posting pussy pics online for paid subscribers is just as valid of a lifestyle choice and just as, you know, good for the soul and for the family and for your future life and for your future as any other career choice you could make. Everything has to be just, it's all valid. It's all good. And, and, and fuck you. If you say it's not fuck you, if you're trying to suggest that an 18 year old girl, as soon as she turns 18, shouldn't, uh, feel empowered by fucking posting, uh, pussy pics and asshole pics on Twitter and, and telling people to go check out our only fans. That's, that's you that's fucked up for thinking that that's wrong to encourage girls to do that or to to tell them not encourage them to do it but in a way yeah by telling them that actually it's it's a this is a no you're you're taking control of your sexuality and you're 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 taking command no you're encouraging them you're telling them that this is a good thing and it's just as good as any other job and it's just as much of a thing. And, and, and forget about the fact that one day your kids are going to have to fucking be online and see pictures of their mom 10 years ago you know, fucking herself with a banana or whatever the fuck they do. Forget about that. Forget about that. No, we're, we have to ignore all that. You know, For, it's, it's, it's fucking, it, it, it's, it's more than just an individual thing. It, it's this idea on a general level that every single thing that comes across my table, I have to sit there and bite my tongue, or I feel this need, pressure from society to bite my tongue and pretend that it's, that it's just as good as any idea I have, just as valid, just as okay, just as groove. No, and that's the pressure. I don't know. It's just that that doesn't it doesn't piss you off a little bit ever. Not really, because it doesn't affect my life. Like I don't know anyone who has an OnlyFans. I'm not like on OnlyFans. Like I don't I don't really see that part of society. And also, like if you're fucking, you know. Obviously, you know, it's like a tattoo. It's forever. The internet, you put something on there, it's on there forever. But yeah. at the same time, like, you know, if you're if you're making like over 10 grand a month doing that shit, why the fuck not? That's better than any job you can get out of college. Yeah, but that's the that's the argument that's making, which is again kind of pushing uh this kind of worship in society of money over everything. And that's not a good value for a society to say that, hey, yeah, if but it makes you money. don't live in a society where you can survive without it. You could make money trafficking children for sex work, too. There's a lot of money in that. Ask Epstein. Doesn't yeah, make it okay. But that's like, yeah, I don't know. That's that's the furthest end of the spectrum it, yeah, of morality that we're talking about. It's though. an extreme example, but I'm, I guess the point I'm making is that, like, like, I think that there are other values to pursue that benefit society as a whole besides just writing anything off as saying, hey, 
if it makes sense, it makes sense. It's like there's a lot of things that you could do. You could become a politician and fucking lie and cheat and be deceiving and go on camera and say you believe in this and then vote for that and lie to the public for votes. Makes a lot of money. Politicians. That one guy just got elected doing that in New York. Yeah. (laughs) The one who lied about like everything on his resume, like going to MIT and Stanford and all this other shit. You can literally do that. Yeah, and, and and at the end of the day, it, it it doesn't. The thing is, it doesn't affect your life until it does, and I think that all these things eventually bleed over into your day to day. Like, yeah, when you look at any isolated incident, you can see it and go, "Well, that's one fucking person doing that, or that's this doing that." But if you zoom out and you look at how, like. It seems like to just look at these things and go, hey, you know what? That's their choice, whatever. What I'd like to see is the general response still encouraging society that like, no, we still have morals. We still have standards. And and yes, you can do that. But that's not really ideal what you should be doing instead of the idea that like, hey, anything you do to make money is equally good or whatever, because ultimately that bleeds back into your life in a lot of ways. It bleeds into when you have kids and now all they're seeing online, you know, we don't care about this now. I'm a 30-year-old man. I'm not going to see a fucking 18-year-old girl do something online and be like, hey, maybe I should do that. My daughter might. And and now it's my job to sit I mean, there and try to fight back to against society. not let your daughter see porn. <laughs> That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know, there's there's always going to be something that kids want to be that isn't that like basically the only fans thing now is what strippers were when we were growing up. It's it's like it's still a taboo. The only, the only reason of. you see so many OnlyFans things is because you argue with so many OnlyFans people on Twitter and your algorithm is fucking tailored to you. Do That's you true. really? No one fucking <laughs> sees that much shit, dude. No one. Oh, I, gotta I don't check see shit any out, of that. Man. I see animal videos. I see people putting toothpicks on strawberries, putting those toothpicks into a stick, and having rabbits chomp on it. That's all I see on the internet. Okay. I've been in a few <laughs> arguments with OnlyFans people. What Girls or guys? Girls, obviously. What'd you say to them? I mean, it wasn't even like I approached... It wasn't like I sought them out. It's like I might make a post on... Like, I might see a tweet or something like that. Like, for instance, I'll give you an example here. Uh... <laughs> There was a tweet uh, the other day where um, I guess it was, I don't think it was a real story because it seems like super unrealistic, but this guy was saying like that his friend was dating this girl and then one day when she was drunk, she told him that she had fucked 200 guys in college. And then he was like doing the math. It's like this whole drawn out, like it's kind of a joke thing. Like he was thinking like how many inches of dick versus like how many times they like went in and out per fuck. And like, (laughs) and then he like drove like that many miles and thought about that many miles of dick had fucked my girlfriend or whatever. It's kind of like, it's a silly thing. But then you had all these people in the thread being like, and then he was like, and, and like he realized he like couldn't be with her or something. And everybody was like, well, fuck that guy. Like, why should he care if like blah, blah, blah. And, and I guess I was coming from the approach of like, I mean, if that's what she wants, if that was the lifestyle that she had or whatever, that's fine. But I also think it's well within, like they were calling him a piece of shit for not wanting to like marry her or something like that. And and I guess what I'm saying is this idea that if you're not okay with everyone else's life decisions, 
then there's something wrong with you. Versus the idea, like I was saying, like, look, there's 7 billion fucking people on the planet. Three and a half billion of them are women. I only need to marry one. Okay? I, as one man, am hoping to marry one woman. And I'm allowed to have certain qualifiers for that. Yeah, you're and allowed you're- to want to marry a woman who doesn't have an OnlyFans. Exactly. But or that even- doesn't mean that you're dating fucking identifiers that you're looking for have to be applied to the entire population exactly you know what I mean? exactly but but when people start chastising an individual for having their own lifestyle choices of saying i don't agree with that lifestyle and therefore i'm not interested in pursuing this relationship all of a sudden his intolerance of her thing made him the asshole as opposed to people going like hey you did that and that was your decision and his decision was he doesn't want to be involved. So yeah. I mean, but this also like sounds like it was from like a Reddit post. So yeah, I'm sure half like of those replies were people hoping that that guy's ex girlfriend would see that comment and want to fuck them. Yeah, that, they're probably what there's a lot of there's people talk a lot about pick me girls and there's a lot of pick me guys who are oh, like the yeah. guys who are like she did nothing pick me wrong. Guys are even worse. You're wasting gas trying to fucking like wasting your brain about it. And it's like all right, well let's actually think about it. You fuck 200 guys over the course of college. It's easy to sit here and go, hey, you fuck 200 guys. But what, like I was saying before, can you imagine the level of social detachment, the level of complete emotional detachment from your own emotions and, and anybody that you're involved with, anybody that you're intimate, to have sex with 200 people in the course of, it's a person every week, a new person every week. I know guys that have fucked 150 girls, 200 girls in their life. And even that boggles my mind because it's like you almost kind of have to be a little bit of a douche. Because yeah, you're yeah, a sex addict at y- that point. You could certainly make the argument, the false argument that, well, you know, it was just sex. Was, okay, so you're going to tell me that all 200 of those people you had sex with were just completely cool with you like ghosting them, not talking to them ever again. Whatever, you take them home, you fuck them, you share stories, you get intimate, and then you completely blow them off, and, and within five days, you're fucking another person. Every single one of those people was cool with it. And you you have the mental ability to detach yourself from that. I couldn't be a single guy for that long living that lifestyle. It seems appealing. It seemed appealing. Um, but you almost have to be kind of a, a sorry, I'm not, I don't hate anybody who does it. I, I recognize the appeal, but you almost kind of have to be like, not give a fuck about how girls feel. If you're either that, or you're like fucking John Mayer level where you're traveling to different fucking countries and banging groupies and stuff. And it's like, that's one thing. But if you're just like a regular guy in one city and you're just fucking a different girl every yeah, week, like it's like a hefty percentage of the population, yeah, a, a solid percentage <laughs> of the females in that city have fucked you it's like at that point it's like the lifestyle choices that you need to make in order to maintain that are major red flags in who you are as a person in my opinion and so it's not just about the body count and even the idea that people call it a body count is this kind of like watering down of what it really is you're taking an intimate relationship having sex with somebody which yes sometimes it just is that but i would almost argue that usually it's not i would say more often than not that person's going to try to text you again at some point throughout the week and try to see you again. And if you're the kind of person who knows that that's how people are and you're just like, fuck it, I'm not replying, I'm ghosting her. If you're doing that repeatedly, repeatedly, it says something about you. 
And and if I'm a person who wants to pick one out of the three and a half billion women on the planet to be the wife and the mother of my children, yeah, I mean, then it is self-identified as a pick me guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pick you guy. I am saying that I have the right to be unabashedly critical about the qualities that I want in my wife and my in the future mother of my children. And I should not feel, it's the same way when people say like, oh, well, if you're not open to ever uh, like dating a trans person, that makes you a transphobe. No, it doesn't. I, again, three and a half billion on the fuck, three and a half billion women on the planet. One of my qualifiers for dating you needs you to be a biological woman. I don't care if that other person over there isn't. I don't care if that other person, I'm talking about my wife. If I say I want to marry a blonde if I say I want to marry a girl who fucking has a has a fucking seahorse tattoo on her right arm, I should be allowed to fucking say that. It doesn't make me anti-seahorse tattoo on your right arm a foe. So there's a difference between saying you can tolerate shit versus accepting it in your own life. And that is an example when people when people shame people for saying, yeah, I wouldn't do that. If that was my girlfriend, it would be game over. And people go, well, fuck you. Fuck you. You're not allowed to have your own standards. You have to accept everything. Everybody does. No. How about fuck you? You know? And that's, I mean, like, again, you and I are 30-year-old men. You're how old? 52? 51. Ain't nobody getting to you. Whatever we're doing right now is what we're fucking doing. You know? Our brains are sealed. Our fucking chemicals are balanced. Our cerebral cortex is fully mature or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. But when you are perpetuating that type of mentality it's going to bleed over into the next generation and it's going to lead to bad shit i'm going to expend an, sorry oh no i think kids are still just going to want to be youtubers when they grow up girls nowadays i think are just way more like fuck let's just fucking they just want to fuck everybody now yeah, but it's it, it, and I it's I would just weird like it wasn't like that when I was growing up. I don't necessarily again I don't necessarily think that that's actually what girls want. I think it's what girls are basically kind of being told that they want. Like the the lifestyle. Like Saying Cardi B did this. Not necessarily Cardi B. <laughs> it started way back. I mean, it started back like even with like shows like Sex in the City and Friends. Where like, first of all, Friends is a shitty show. I fucking don't like that show. Sex in the City, fine. I never really watch it. I'm sure it's great if you're a girl. Um, but like just kind of like that, like we've kind of taken the idea of like being like a wife. Like I, I would argue that this new wave of feminism has basic, it's more misogynist than like, I agree with like the first wave of feminism. Like, yeah, women should be able to vote, blah, 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 blah. Great. Sure. But we've now gone to the point where we're now saying that the traditional role of a woman to be like a wife and a mother, that's actually oppressive. And what you really want is to be a career woman. And instead of, but you that's know, not really that was all from big corpo. Because after WW2, when all the women came into the workforce, they're like, hmm, I guess these broads can do something. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> like, real. What if we yeah. cut the pay of the men and gave it to the women? Yeah. What if instead of having a man go out and work, and and it was just like my grandfather was a Baltimore City firefighter, and he, uh, you know, it was assumed that when you're getting a job in the fucking 50s, that the norm is you're a 24 year old man, you're probably either married or about to be. 
at 24 years old in 1950, something like that. Uh, so the assumption was that when you're getting a job, you're not getting a job to pay for living in a one room in a four bedroom house in Fed Hill with your five roommates. You're getting a job to pay to support a wife and kids. And so all the wages were, people always talk like, yeah, you know, back in the day, a, a man could go get a regular job and support. Yeah, because that's how the pay scales were structured. And then, of course, he gets a pension, which my grandmother, who's still alive, she lives in the uh, nursing home down there. She's completely dementia, has no idea who I am, has no idea who she is, really. But she's still getting half of his pension. He died in 2008 because the structure was that, yeah, well, your wife is entitled to half of this pension. So he dies, and now she still gets half the check until she dies. Because as much as we want to talk about how the old setup was so wrong and so oppressive, they actually... In, they actually assessed value in the role of being the mother and the wife and the homemaker and saying like, yeah, your job is important going out in here and fighting the fires, but your wife is also the one at home raising the kids and she's just as entitled to half of the salary as you are. What, now, about the, what about the stay-at-home dads now, the guys that are doing what the, what the wives used to do? Well, the problem is the, the, only, way, have the, career. the only way that's possible uh, now because now what they've basically done is say, hey, instead of having one parent go out and and be able to make enough money to support a family. Now we're going to have two, both parents go out, both work 40-hour weeks, and make the equivalent of what one parent would have been able to make 50 years ago. You know what I mean? Like instead of one parent being able to work a 40-hour week and make enough to support a family, now both parents are working 40-hour weeks and still making just enough to support a family. You know, so basically they're the wage has been cut in half and they've doubled the labor. So of course, big corporate wanted this. Of course, the corporations love the idea of having double the workforce, having double the hours worked per week and paying the same amount of money because you can't go out and be a firefighter and support a family now anymore. So now your wife has to work. And now when you're both working, now you have to go and pay someone else to watch your fucking kid while you're both out working full-time jobs. So now you're you're working 80 hours a week between the two of you and then paying God knows how fucking much because childcare is not cheap. Anybody will tell you that. Paying all that extra money to have somebody else watch your kids. Now they're spending time with their kids every day. Now they're the ones telling your kids about uh, you know what's right and what's wrong and, and pushing their morality and pushing their ideas Get about tattoos. society. Get tattoos. Hey. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you know what I mean? Though? You know what I mean though? It's like the, we're basically... we the. the the workforce, and this kind of could come off as a anti-capitalist thing. So, communist, you know. But it, but it, in in reality, it kind of is more communist because that was like in Karl Marx when he wrote the Co Communist Manifesto. He was real big on the idea that the nuclear family was wrong. The idea of the mother, father, children was wrong, and that actually the children were society's children. And you know, this idea of like a nuclear family is just a way for people to like store and maintain wealth or whatever bullshit. Um, so this idea that now mommy and daddy are going to go out and work for the corporation and, and make barely enough to support the household while also having to pay to get someone else to raise your kids. And now you only see your kids from five until bedtime every fucking day, five days a week, as opposed to dad going out, working the job, mom staying at home and maintaining a presence in their child's life and them being the ones to be able to teach their kids about right and wrong and morality and what how to live your life and what's good and what's bad now someone else is doing that while you're out working for this fucking asshole and so now you have these fucking girls 
who have been basically told that what they really want, you don't want to find a man and settle down and be a mom and wife because that's oppressive. The idea of you being a mother and a wife is wrong. What you really want to do is go be some fucking, uh, you know, work for some other guy where he pays you X amount of dollars where he can go be his fucking whatever and be like that's really what the guy was doing when he was working go out and be someone else's bitch five days a fucking week yeah do this do that and then the women they were like oh you know you why would you want to do that for your husband when you could do that for this random guy who's your boss and now he's paying you half the amount of money you should be making to go out and he be his fucking secretary his fucking you know do this do that and then don't worry we'll take care of your fucking kids in the meantime and that was all done as this idea to push this whole thing of saying like well you know women need to be equal blah 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 but in reality it was all done so that the, the, the corporations could fucking get more out of us you know they like it better this way they push the whole idea of like you know women need to do this because and then so you have all these women that have been taught that that's what they really want and I don't believe I, I think that a lot of women do but I think that a lot of women have also kind of bought into this idea that if they don't want that, that there's something wrong with that. If they really do just want to meet a guy and be a good mother and be a good wife and be a homemaker and raise a children and, and feel fulfilled by that, that that's not okay. That's, that's society telling you that you, know, you have to just fit into this little box. What, what they're basically saying is we all acknowledge that the traditional male role in society is X, Y, Z, and the traditional female role is generally this, that, the other thing, but women should want to do the male role. Because just doing the woman role is not important. So we've basically taken the traditional female role and kind of, you know, tacitly said, yeah, that's not important. Whatever females did for the past 100,000 years of raising families across all civilizations, that's not actually important. What you really want is to go out and do what men have done. Because what women do aren't, isn't important. So it's almost more sexist. The way I would look at it is go, yeah, uh, ideally, ideally... I would make enough money so that I could support my family and my wife could work if she wanted, but she wouldn't have to. And I wouldn't have to pay someone else to watch my fucking kids. My wife could watch the kids. I could support the family and that would feel fulfilling. And, and I think that there's way more women than, than would admit that they would feel fulfilled by that too. Because honestly, it's kind of fucking natural. Um, so instead they go out and say, I don't want a fucking man. I don't want, I don't need a fucking man. And so they go out and they're fuck. they're, you know, settling down is wrong. What's really cool is going out to bars and fucking guys on Tinder for 10 years until you're 30 and realize, oh shit, I want a kid. And then at that point, who wants you? Yeah. And I'm not saying everything I just said was right. Yeah, it's pretty close. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not totally wrong, though. It's not totally wrong, and I don't think guys want that either. I don't think that guys. I, I think that it just. I don't know. I don't think. I think that girls ultimately. I don't think there's very many women that feel genuinely fulfilled by the lifestyle of not having a man and getting fucked by a different guy every weekend. I think there's probably more dudes that are cool with that than girls. I think if a girl is getting fucked by a new guy every weekend, well into her thirties, she's probably not that happy with her life generally speaking generally speaking and you could make the same argument about guys because at that point when you're fucking a new person every week well into your fucking 30s is probably some bigger things going on there commitment issues inability to be intimate or attached to anybody deep-seated insecurity with yourself where you constantly need to feel the need to prove your sexuality all kinds of shit you know but i'll extend an olive branch to you you mentioned animals earlier 
uh, something that I hope we can all agree on that should be shamed in society. I think glue mousetraps should be illegal. Yeah, mm. I agree. I'd like to... I know I just said a lot it's there. so inhumane. I, th- I know I just said a lot there, but I feel the need to say that. My, I didn't sleep all night the other night. My brother gets up at 8 in the morning for work. He goes out into the hallway at my apartment building. He comes back. I'm sitting on the computer doing some math gambling shit. He comes back, and he shows me a picture. He's like, yo, look what somebody just left out in front of apartment 1111. And it was a, somebody had just left in the hall a live mouse on a glue trap in front of somebody's door. In front of somebody's door. That's sad. And this thing's just fucking like, oh, and they, it's so sad. And the I mean, thing they, they probably they, left it out in front of their door. I don't know because the apartment that it was left in front of had has had this like notice on their door for the past, I want to say like month. So either they just haven't taken it off, which is, I mean, at a certain point you would think they'd take the fucking thing off their door. I don't know if I haven't seen anybody walk in and out of that apartment. They're in a probably while. getting evicted. Probably. And then my brother's hypothesis with this somebody was like caught a mouse in their house and left it in front of their door, either as like a prank or as like a sending a message, like your fucking apartment's dirty as shit. You're the reason why there's mice in this building, whatever. I don't know what it is. I don't necessarily know if they would just leave. Somebody would catch a mouse in their apartment and just put it right out front of their door. You know, (laughs) that seems like a weird move at the very least. If you don't give a shit about animal life that much, you'd probably just throw it in the trash while it's still alive, which would be horrible. And like there, like I didn't ever perceive myself as like a person that would care about this shit, but I had this same realization when I went to the zoo and I felt bad for the animals. I truly did. I, I, I wanted to go to the zoo. I love animals. And I thought it was going to be this great experience of seeing elephants and chimpanzees and monkeys and whatever and cheetahs. And then you're sitting there and they're sitting in this fucking cage basically with like you know the cheetahs sitting there supposed to be fucking running across a prairie i went to go see the elephants and the elephants are just literally on concrete most of the fucking elephant thing was just concrete and they're just sitting there doing this with their heads back and forth just shaking their heads like smh'ing hard uh and i googled it i was like why i've never seen an elephant do that and apparently it's just one of the things they do when they're like high levels of anxiety and, and like nervousness because they're in they're in captivity and they're not doing what an elephant's supposed to do yeah they're like, supposed to be walking like hundreds of miles and like knowing where shit is and being like i remember there was a puddle over there like 300 miles yeah, follow they know, me like their graveyards they like you know bury their they don't bury but they leave like elephant graveyards yeah and 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 then like you know people want to i kind of think it's the same thing about like when people talk I, i'm gonna get back to the mouse glue traps i promise but just as a quick side away I was having a conversation with Sam, Sam Kelly about, um, you know, like the future of artificial intelligence and how, um, like maybe there's going to be a point when AI and technology gets so good that what people kind of talk about with like universal basic income, where like you don't actually have to work anymore because it, the thing's going to take care of everything and everybody's just allowed to like do whatever they want all day and not feel the need to like have to work or anything or whatever they talk about. Wait one second, Jim. Yes. There was a, there's a two guys that go to council meetings and they, they, they went to the, uh, like, a, um, it's a joke thing that they do, right? Mm-hmm. They go to these council meetings and they're like, what up council? They come in like that. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, he goes, oh, so, so AI's taking over all the jobs. Uh, can you guys give us like 10,000 a week so we can party on the beach? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's this idea that like, I think that people on, on the surface, it seems like, yeah, that'd be cool. 
to not have to. But at the same time, I think that part of being a human being, part of what makes life fulfilling is knowing that the reason you have the things you have are because of things you've done. You want to see the reciprocal nature of the universe. You want to be able to work and struggle and improve because of that. You see this all the time with kids who grew up rich. And they're, my, my, my girlfriend has a friend who lives in an apartment in Manhattan. Her parents pay for it. She's constantly depressed, constantly just feeling like, what's the point? Blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, I was like, well, yeah, you would think that like, yeah, you have an apartment in Manhattan. Like your life should feel so, it should be so sweet. Like you do whatever you want. It's all paid for. But ultimately... No, it's great if you're the one paying for it and you know that I have this fucking apartment in Manhattan because I did something, I fucking earned this, and then you actually feel a sense of accomplishment from living your life. You know, you you recognize it like you've gotten out what you put in. But when it's just given to you, when it's provided for you, it's the same thing as that fucking cheetah in the zoo. It's the same thing. Well, you know, well, now we're giving this cheetah an opportunity to not have to go chase down a gazelle across the savannah. He just gets fed a fucking raw steak every day at fucking noon or whatever. And the cheetah doesn't want that because that's not what being a cheetah is. And in that same light, being a human is not having everything given to you. And ultimately, if you look at any group of people, any people that have everything given to them, they're some of the most depressed people. Some of the mo- some of the people that just, you know, you talk about people like suicide rates are way, 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 way higher in, in countries like America and first world countries where you would think it would be the opposite. You'd think like, well, yeah, I bet you in fucking India where people are starving that they probably kill themselves. No. But you go to the suburbs of New York City and, and kids are off in themselves and you're like, why? They have food on their table every day? Because that's not what life's about. So anyway, going off that fucking tangent, but back to the mouse thing, uh, they always piss themselves, which is sad because you know they're so fucking scared. And Or like they'll rip their fucking skin off or some shit. Yeah. They'll like chew their you leg off. You can hear them squealing too. Like, yeah. And my brother and I both had the same idea because he went... He walked back into the apartment, showed me the thing, and then walked back out. And then I was like, well, fuck. So I went and got like a plastic bag and like a butcher knife. I was looking for like a mallet, but I got like a knife um, because I didn't want to fuck up my mallet. And uh, I walked out and my brother was waiting for the elevator. He was like, oh, I just I stomped it. I killed it. And I was like, oh, cool. So we both had that same idea of like put it out of its misery. But that's like hardcore. It <laughs> ruined a mouse. That's crazy to do first thing in the morning. It ruined yeah. my fucking day, honestly. Yeah. And it wasn't a th- my my parents had glue traps when I was a kid. Um, but I I can't believe that those are still cons- not talked about as like like. And I get when sometimes people are ridiculously get PETA talking about fucking crabs and shit. And honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I, I did some extensive research a couple months ago on whether or not crabs and shellfish can feel pain because I wanted to steam some crabs this summer. And I know you're supposed to steam them alive because apparently as soon as you kill them, they go bad really fast. So yeah. like, so you put them, you put their legs like this and you drop them in, um, you put uh, what they do at like steam places actually. Uh-huh. They, put, they, they put like electric shock into water. They drop them in the water and they just go, hmm. And they shock them and then they steam them. Really, I like that. 
I, I saw some. I watched a lot of. There's a lot. Of, if you were to like go through my YouTube history, there's a lot of like crab killing videos. <laughs> just like talking about like a guy like stabbing a crab and it's like nexus. Like their brain is like on their belly button or something. I don't yeah. know. But like I do care about that shit. Honestly, you know, it's it's hard for me that people at least. That's kind of what we were talking about hunting before. Yeah. I absolutely 100%. I was down in Fells playing in Ampercy and there was like some ducks walking around and I was thinking like how crazy would it be if I just shot a duck right now? (laughs) (laughs) You know? Those ducks are awesome. You, the, the, the one with the, the like the green head. And yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. They come around and like I'll throw crackers and shit. Down By the way, f- interesting you mentioned the green head. Did you know that they only get that for a couple months per year? The males during mating season slough off their gray feathers. They usually always look like the gray female ducks. But once a year for a certain amount of time during mating season, they all grow like the bright green head. And then as soon as mating season's over, it sloughs off. Right now, you'll see, you'll notice that there's a lot of, they're called mallard ducks, male yeah. male ducks. Um, you'll notice that it's starting to slough off and you'll start to see it's more like a tinge of gray because they're losing their mating feathers and now they're going to go back to just looking like a gray duck again. They only grow those for uh, kind of like the, um, the uh, salmon that swim upstream, a sockeye salmon. They turn bright. First of all, mating is the last thing they ever do. They live for three years out in the ocean. They're born in a river, like up in Canada, by like Niagara Falls and shit or whatever, or somewhere around there, probably the complete opposite side of the country, who knows. Um, And then they swim out to the ocean. They live in the ocean for three years. And then somehow, it's amazing how nature works. They just get this cue when they're at a certain age to go, we're swimming back to where we were born. And they swim upstream. Up fucking mountains, up the water, bears are sitting there, rah, rah, fucking all the way up the thing. They get there, they turn bright red. The male, the, all I think the males do specifically, turn completely bright red when they're usually like a fucking like gray fish or whatever. And then they mate and they all die immediately after mating. And that's their life cycle. They're born, three years, they go out to the ocean, three years later they swim back, turn bright red for mating, and then they die. And stuff like that, you're like, dude, how the fuck... I guess this kind of all ties into what we were talking about before about things in society that you see and how there's a lot of people, you'll hear this all the time, people saying, oh, social construct. And I always say social constructs are biological constructs. If you understood just how much of your life was not up to you, you think it's a coincidence that every kid when they're 12 years old starts beating off? You think it's a coincidence that you know, like at a certain age, you start thinking certain, like you all of a sudden you stop wanting to do this and do that. And then at a certain point you all of a sudden that's nature. It's like this weird thing that's in all of us. You know, nobody has to teach you how to know when you're hungry. You just are. Nobody has to teach you how to take a shit. You just do it. They have to teach you how to wipe your ass because that's not natural, but nobody has to teach you how to take a shit. That's fucking natural. And so you have these fucking animals. Nobody teaches a spider how to build a web. There's no spider school. When they're a little, okay, kids, and what you're going to do is you're going to, like, you know, walk over here. No, none of that. You just fucking know it. That's nature, baby. And anybody who's going to sit here and look at how humanity is and who we are and how we're operating and say that we just made that up, did the salmon make that up? Are they all sitting there with the fucking clock in the ocean? You look at these fucking, um, these animals that, like, they, they just, they, they, like, these birds that migrate, they follow, like, a fucking magnetic field to where they migrated from. They don't have Google Maps. I couldn't get 
to a fucking place I played two months ago unless I play there all the time without Google mapping. And these things, these fucking geese are migrating halfway around the fucking world and then flying back at a specific time. They don't have a calendar. Nobody goes, hey guys, it's July. We're running a little late. All right, here, load up Google Maps and fly back. Nobody does that. They just fucking do it. And now you're going to have some fucking asshole sit here and tell you that the shit that you do in your life and the way our society is structured is all made up. So anyway, mousetraps, the glue shit, it, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to have to, look, get a fucking thing like I used to have in the studio that they go inside and the fucking thing clamps them, breaks their neck, whatever. If you got to kill them, you got to kill the mice. That's the unfortunate thing. You got to get rid of them, dude. Yeah. 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 If you put them outside, they'll just get back in. It just amazes me. I couldn't believe that shit. Also, I thought it was cool that Dom and I both had the idea to kill it. And it ruined our fucking day. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Ruined your day. It might have made his. Yeah, we maybe. Don't know. <laughs> um, did you guys have anything you want to talk about? Because I feel like I've been ranting. Nah, I'm good. I'm just chilling. Yeah. Um, if you got, got more a, shit to talk about, feel free. Or you had something? I got yeah. a couple cool shows coming up. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, drop some with plugs. The, with the Child's Play thing, we're playing Merryweather. Sweet. Yeah, it's um, September 17th. And you're opening for Kicks? Kicks, yep. That's awesome. Yeah. What Hell day yeah. is it? September 17th. September 17th. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. And the, the pavilion's already sold out, and there's only lawn tickets left. Oh, I was about Damn, to say. That's yeah. child's play. That's child's <laughs> play, baby. That is crazy. You ought to check them out one time. Like, they're pretty... I will. If it's I'm really off, then I might even try to go, dude. That'd be amazing to see somebody I know play at uh, Merriweather. You remember BJ uh, Kerwin, right? Kind of, yeah, Drummer. actually. That name sounds familiar. And Island Styles. They're both in Candlebox now. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah, yeah I actually do recognize that name, and definitely... Uh, Island Styles and Candlebox, of course. And Frankie Kraholski, he's in um, Cowboy Mouth. Wow. And these are all guys that moved away, correct? Yeah. No, BJ <laughs> in Island did it here because of COVID. Uh, BJ did, um, he did the drums on, on a track with, with Candlebox, like, remotely. Yeah. And then when there was opening, then they, they're like, hey, you're a guy. Well, there you go. That's so. a point in my category. Point for you. Um, I did want to talk because you brought a little bit about this before before the podcast about we we touched upon it last time about because it was like the day after weed was just made legal Mm -hmm. um i want to preface this by saying i do believe weed should be legal i thought it should have been legal i think it should have always been legal but i think it should be i think that they went to i think that i don't i'm a beer guy drinking guy i don't like the fact that do you need another one by the way no i'm good i don't like the fact that all of a sudden now you can just walk around in the street getting high but i, don't I think can't you can i don't think you can just walk down the street yeah high. i don't i don't think you can i think you can buy it and like smoke it at your house or, and the cops won't come because we used to fucking smoke weed you had to hide in the woods like three miles back because the cops will get you but also, no. I do think there is like, uh, you know, it's like when a new Shake Shack opens up and it's like crowded for the first couple of weeks. I think just a lot of people are doing it right now just because they can. But the thing is, I, I noticed more of a smell like down in Fells Point before le- weed was w- legal. Hmm. Now I'm walking around and I said, well, where's all the people smoking the weed? See, I had a, a, the opposite conversation with the guy at Ampersy who was saying that now all he does is smell it in the restaurant and everything. And Where, where is Ampersy, by the way? It's, you know, when you're coming into Fells to Thames Street, 
Yes. Uh, off Caroline, you can make a left, and that takes you into everything. Yes. If you make a right, that's Ampersy on the water on the corner dock. So like uh, they're probably Bar- catching all the Bar- casino. They're they're uh, so like here's here's Barco. Yeah. And then there's like another pier that's like Bond Street Wharf where Bond Street Social used to be, like a little bit further up. Yes. And there's another pier where like there's like a fucking like nature center and like a Frederick Douglass statue and some other shit going on. Wow, for being like the king of Fells Point, like you say, I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> I said you're a Fells Point legend. I oh. clearly am the king oh, of Fells Oh, you are. Point. No, uh, no <laughs> you're the Duke. Ed Lauer's the king. Yeah, Ed's the king. I'll settle for Duke. Prince. Rook. Prince. Rook. I, I would love to be the Rook of Fells Point. And the other thing, well, nobody rook, wants that. Doesn't the Rook just move sideways and forward? I only sideways. move up and down Thames yeah, Street. Yeah, that's uh-huh. it. I can't. I can't move. You can't go diagonal. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I yeah I'm, I'm a Thames Street Rook, too. I'll give you Bishop. I'm, no, because that's Caddy Corner. Yeah. So that means I would go to, uh, well, I guess from the horse to the Admiral's Cup is Caddy Corner. You sure you want me a knight? You can only like you can only shape. like jump a bar. You can only take <laughs> Who's the knight of Fell's Point? <laughs> they move in the L shape. Yeah, yeah. They move in the L shape. I'll tell you who the pawns are. <laughs> oh, you better not. The pawns. You better. Come. We're all the pawns. <laughs> you're, all, you're all being played. Pawnsy scheme. Mm, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Shouts out again to Weed. I just I shouts think that out to Weed. I think that you know. I, I, I think that I should be allowed to drink in public. That's a very, I, I stand by that, honestly. And, but let me put it this way. No, I don't. But I think if you're allowed to, if it is true that you can smoke, if it's not true what you guys are saying, then I rescind all my statements. I think that in certain places, like Fell's Point, like they had in COVID, where you could walk from bar to bar and drink. That, well, first of all, that's what fucked Fell's Point up. Now there's all that crime in this in the square, and but was that it, what fucked it up? Well, yeah, because they were selling the, the drinks right out of the thing, and everybody's walking around, wow, wow, party, 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 and then all of a sudden, hey, after COVID, you can't do this anymore. They're yeah. like, yeah, fuck you, we're gonna do what we want, and that's basically lawlessness. I think that the main problem with Fell's Point, this is a good thing. We should talk about this. This is obviously something that hits home with us. We played every every Wednesday, and then every other Wednesday. And Fells, we both playing late nights down there. Done it for years. You obviously way longer than I have. Um, Bourbon Street, they're drinking out in the street. They can do that. They found a way to make it work in New Orleans. But they've always done that. I'm saying this is something they're trying to take away from them now. The problem, I don't... I don't have taken away from them. And now it's like, hey, man, I'm going to do what I want. I think it's a misjudgment of the. I think it's putting the cart before the horse to say that the allowance of people to drink and move around from bar to bar is what's now causing the issues. I think it's more that I don't know if it's the cart before the horse is the best analogy, but I think the issue uh, with Fells. I, I was down there the other night. And I saw like the classic dirt bike thing, dirt bike guys riding around and shit. And it was like a, it was a Wednesday. It was the night that I went and saw you. So it's an off night and they're just riding through the fucking streets. And like, yeah, I know that like the typical Baltimore chill guy things. Hey, it's fucking dirt bikes. That's Baltimore, baby. But it's like, 
why is it so much like clearly that's illegal now i don't care necessarily that you're riding your dirt bike around Thames Street up and down, not obeying traffic. I mean, I kind of do. When you're not obeying traffic laws, you're all congregating in the middle of the street blocking shit like they were. Um, it's clearly not legal. None of the you're not allowed to ride a dirt bike on the street. So that's clearly against the law. And they'll drive right by a fucking cop. The cop won't yeah. say dick. And all I'm asking, when you want to talk about the sense of lawlessness that people have been describing in Fell's point, the sense of lawlessness comes from the the fact that in a lot of ways it is lawless when you're able to blatant like i get it you want to drive your dirt bike around but the balls that you would have to have or the confidence that you would have to have in the fact that the cops aren't going to say shit to ride directly by them that means that there has been an idea perpetuated in the community that you can do whatever the fuck you want and when you put that vibe out there then of course it's going to lead to all the shit else that spawns off from that. It's again, it's talking about how things bleed over into one thing. When you basically say, hey, you can, yeah, yeah, this, you clearly can't do that, but I'm not going to say shit, so do it. Then it leads to them doing the next thing that's illegal. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, there's been these shootings in Broadway. What a coincidence. Because you've, the the police and, and the community, not the community, because the community wants the police to do something, but, and it's probably more of an issue with understaffing with the police force than anything else, but that's for a myriad of that reasons, too. That was defund the police. Yeah, that's a myriad of things, too. Nobody wants to be a cop in Baltimore. I certainly don't. Nobody wants to be a cop in Baltimore City. Um, you, you foster this sense of lawlessness, and then, of course, you're going to experience lawlessness as a result. Why not, as a person who is working there multiple nights a week, Maybe you're a bartender there. Maybe you're a, you live in the neighborhood. Why should it feel like you're asking too much to have the police enforce the laws? Why does that feel like it's a bridge too far? Well, you really want... Oh, come on. Yeah, I get it. You want cops, but you really want them to enforce the... Yeah, I do want them to enforce the law. Because once you tell people, hey, you, you don't see a shit in fucking Towson... Because a cop, there's six fucking cops in the Urban Outfitters lot that they see you doing some shit, they'll fucking pull you over. They'll stop you. They'll say, hey, take it somewhere else. They might not give you a ticket, but they're not going to allow it there. And so therefore, it's not happening there. So it happens where it's allowed. And so now we're sitting there and going, thinking like, it's such a Stockholm Syndrome thing that, in my opinion, Baltimore City residents and, and people that work there, like myself, are kind of in where we're we're told that it's supposed it's normal it's acceptable and it's okay and there's nothing wrong with the fact that this is the state of these places and this is the level of risk you undertake when you're walking around at a certain time of night and that to ask that that's not the case is simply just you being too demanding of no it's not that's literally what we pay you for it's literally when you have a place that people go and spend money and it contributes to the tax base, people go there, they want to be able to take their families out to dinner, they want to be able to go see a band, I want to be able to go and play down until three in the morning and go get my car and leave my shit out in the street while I go grab another trip and not worry about somebody walk. I want to be able to think that. And obviously I'm not going to do that, like in terms of like leave my shit out because I know that's the way it is. And obviously like whatever, things happen, whatever. But in general, people want to have a feeling of safety where shit, you know, maybe I do want to walk down there and maybe there's not a lot of people in the street. Is this going to happen? Why, why is that too much to ask? 
And then you wonder when you see things going south, the reason why the whole shit chaos during COVID was because, and you saw this happen at the horse. They were walking into the fucking horse, the fucking uh, police or whoever, the ordinance people, whatever. They were walking in the horse. They gave the horse a citation be- during masks. during yeah. COVID because their, their uh, bouncer was mopping the floors at the end of the night without a mask. No customers in there. Just 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 uh, employees, and they get a fucking citation for because he's not wearing a mask. Then they get a, they try to give him another citation because they said the live music inside the horse was too loud. Meanwhile, you had people down on the fucking pier by Barco, no permits, nothing to do with the city, setting up blown out speakers and having fucking block parties down on the bar down on the pier at Barco. Police don't say dick about that. Nothing. But they'll go into a fucking business like the horse where the guy is paying money and fucking taxes and hire and employing people and bringing people into the neighborhood and give him a fucking violation because they stood across fucking Thames Street with a decibel reader and measured that his acoustic music was too loud. That's the fucking bullshit that leads to lawlessness. Because if you had fucking cops down that it said like they do in Bourbon Street and said, oh, yeah, yeah, you can take your drinks from car to car. But if we see a guy out there selling fucking beers out of a cooler, that's a no go. No, and, and it's not that hard. It, Fells Point ain't that fucking big. It's about three fucking blocks this way and three blocks that way of anything I give a shit to care about. Yeah. You know? So is it that fucking a big of a deal? It's not that hard to spot a guy selling fucking in Broadway Square, selling fucking weed out of a cooler with, nat, with fucking uh, white claws and shit. Tell that guy to get the fuck out. The difference is they don't. They tell the guy who's fucking owning a business... To tell him he owes them $400 for a mask citation and then fucking get him again for a noise violation. Meanwhile, the guy setting up the speakers over there selling fucking weed out of a cooler is completely good to go because they know that they can get money out of that motherfucker. Go down to Roland Park. How many red light cameras are in Roland Park? There's one every fucking intersection. How many red light cameras are there in West Baltimore? Zero. Why? Do they not care about people speeding in West Baltimore? No. They just know that people driving through Roland Park have money. So that's where we're going to fucking get the money out of. We're not going to bother trying to pursue somebody running a red light in fucking uh, uh, Monroe Street. It's not worth it. So they have devoted their entire fucking industry to squeezing money out of the remaining people that still have it to give. The people that are still trying to fucking invest in that city. They'll squeeze all the money out of the fucking horse for some technicality about a fucking mask while you're mopping up or a noise violation. Meanwhile, they'll allow anybody else in the fucking street to do whatever the fuck they want and not say shit because it's not worth it for them. There's no money in that. It's, 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 it's almost, I know this sounds like a bombastic thing to say, like a dramatic thing, but it is in a lot of ways, it is a war on the people who are still trying to make Baltimore a good thing. It's a war on the people that are investing in the city. And it's bled over into Fells Point because just like we were talking about earlier, it's easy when you're in Fells Point looking over there and going, yeah, well, that's just happened over there. It doesn't affect you. Guess what? It doesn't until it does. And now it does. And so if you don't nip that shit in the bud, then you're standing here where we are now where we don't even know what to do at this point because it's apparently too much to ask the cops to do their job. And it's also apparently too much to ask that we're allowed to do our jobs. Yeah. But, <laughs> but what? Oh, nothing. I was just saying. I I, I can see why. Uh, you know, maybe it's not the best idea to allow people to carry beers from bar to bar. I just don't think that that was the reason for 
the lawlessness. No, what I was saying it was it was just be it just added to the attitude of the lawlessness that you could do. It added what, to the attitude. Added to like, the attitude. I love that that you could just do whatever the fuck you want whenever you want. Yeah, and no one's gonna do anything about it, and that's what it is. Does it seem like there's less people? I I I feel like before COVID. Uh, an off night like a Wednesday or a Thursday used to be much busier. And I don't know if that was my perception. No, that's true. But it seems like there's so many, there's so many intangibles. Diners aren't 24 seven anymore after COVID. Just Everything like- just fucking got soft. Everything got soft. I went to a Towson diner on Friday or Saturday night, 10 PM. They're closed. What are you doing, bro? Yeah. You shouldn't even be allowed to put the word diner on your sign <laughs> with our city name on it. Towson diner. If you're the Towson Diner, then you should be the Towson Diner. Change your fucking name to fucking something else. You're not a diner. You close at 10 p.m. on a Friday. Right. What are you doing? Shouldn't be allowed. Sip and bite. I don't even go in there anymore. What are you doing? We used to go there after every gig, but it got so freaking crime ridden. Nobody's out in Fells past certain time on Wednesday. I mean, Wednesday nights when we used to play, it was very hit or miss. Yeah. Sometimes there were people, sometimes there weren't. That didn't used to be like that. But everything changed, you know? Everything's off, but so that's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, take a piss. We can we can wrap it up, honestly, if you want to do some final plugs before you... Or after, hey, what are you going to do? Sorry. <laughs> no, that's not good. Um, yeah, that's all inside baseball for me, so I'm, I don't know much about the Fells Point scene. The Fells Point scene. I love it. Um, which is why I'm so passionate about it. But anyway, folks, uh, it's been a true pleasure that, of course, is Jason Heiser. He'll be back in a second after taking a piss. I neglected to tell him where to take a piss, but I'm, <laughs> at this point, I'm sure he'll just have to aim between the forest of fucking... It is so bad out there right now, dude. Like, the, it is so overgrown. I was embarrassed of the studio when I pulled up today. <laughs> I was embarrassed. I couldn't believe it. Uh, and so now that means I have to fucking fix it. Yeah. That sucks. Now I have to do yard work. Mm. That sucks. I know. I've been putting off my yard work recently. It's gotten bad. Mm. Like my fucking, you could comb my grass. <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> Slick back. Dude, you could literally style my grass right now. <laughs> it's insane. Um, huh? This is raining? Oh, yes. Exhilarating. <laughs> it is exhilarating to piss out in a driveway of someone you don't know. As Lawlessness, man. bro. Lawlessness. Lawlessness. I do what I want. Yes. <laughs> hey, thank you guys for having me. This was fun. No, yeah, absolutely, sure. man. Thanks for coming through. You know. so we bait you in with some, with some casual talk, and the next thing you know, we're talking about fucking every other possible thing. Oh, that was cool. <laughs> That's what podcasts are, right? That's what it's all about. And and I feel the need there's to no say... Para- there's no parameters, right? We talked it's about... Lawlessness. The, we talked about the conformity thing beforehand, and I know everybody listening to this is like, oh, you talk about conformity when you guys are two middle-aged white guys with a podcast? The answer is sure. But we've been doing this for quite some time. Before it was cool, man. And it's still not cool. <laughs> but we did it before. It was still not cool. I think it's cool. So uh, thanks for joining us on the program. Uh, Jason, of course, big big time slime show. It's going to make my plug seem stupid and gay. Why? Uh, you're playing at Merriweather Post Pavilion. That's not until September. I got, I got Fels Point and all. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, well, in that <laughs> case. Yeah, I don't even know what those bugs are. Studio bugs. That's what I call them. I don't know what they are. 
There are some type. It's not one of those. Are like, the Japanese beetles? Lanterns or something. They're like door open bugs. Like they only. I only ever see them when I have a door. I don't see them outside. I only ever see them when I'm inside with a door open. No, there was they. They come in and like when we play outdoor shows and they'll land on the snare drum and I'll be like pow and I hit it and the bugs goes. <laughs> and he can't because he can't. It's vibrating. He can't fly anymore. He's just and I keep hitting the snare drum. I'm like, you son of a bitch, bug. <laughs> <laughs> He's feeling the music, baby. Um. Uh, yeah, so Mary Weather Post Pavilion with Child's Play, September 17th. Get your lawn seats now. Hopefully you got a beach towel uh, with uh, opening up for Kicks, legendary Baltimore band. Oh, and Good Charlotte, obviously, um, from oh, yeah. Waldorf. And Clutch. Clutch. Yep. Crack the Sky. Yeah. whole lot of guys. Uh, crushing Day, you know. Um, <laughs> as far as... Did you just say Crushing Day? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as far as plugs, you got anything coming up? What, your hot set thing. Um, yeah, hot set down in Richmond. Uh, the 10th, I think, potentially. Keep an of eye August? out. Of August? Of August, yeah. Nice. Um, oh, you're not going to be back that weekend, you said? No, yeah. You're staying down in the Chmund? We were going to make a little trip out of it. Nice. Richmond. Uh, I do set. have uh, August 19th at Kent at uh, Cult Classic. You ever heard of that place? It's Cult Classic Brewery. No, where is That's it? That's also, it's on Kent Island. Oh, sweet. Like uh, right over the bridge. That and is my birthday eve. You should come. It's, uh, that's with Kicks too, but that's with Stone Horses and Kicks. Oh, nice. So you're so, opening up with them for multiple bands? They're retiring. Oh. Yeah, so it's like we're getting it in while we can, you know? Love it. Nice. Love it. August 19th at the Cult Classic in Kent Island. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, folks, I will be in Nashville this weekend. Attaboy. Yeehaw. Not doing Get anything the hell music out of here. related. Get the hell out of here. Go move to a new town. Yeah. <laughs> but before I do that, I will be at, like you imagine, every Tuesday at Perennial in Towson, 5 to 8.30 p.m. That is this Tuesday, July 18th, or tonight, if you're listening now. Uh, Wednesday, July 19th, I will be at Walker's in the famous Glenwood, Maryland, in Howard County. It's a place, trust me. 6 to 9 p.m., Walkers in Glenwood, July 19th. That's a Wednesday. Other than that, uh, at Jimmy Seleski across the board, at Sophomore with three O's, MD, Sophomore MD on Instagram, uh, at Eric Glazer, A before E, except after L. L. And of course, Jason Heiser. <laughs> uh, you can they, find him on Facebook. You got an Instagram. What's your Instagram? I'm just Jason Heiser. Jason Heiser. E before I? H E I S E R. H E I S E R. Jason Heiser. Chesapeake Sun. Stone Horses. Child's Play. Whiskey Wednesdays, folks. Peterbilt. L F T S <laughs> podcast across the board. If you don't know about it, you better ask somebody. Till next week. Peace. Peace.